When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited-time-only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laleen, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the fall designer collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week... It's uh, it's quite a, a step up from some recent books where we had randomers and motorbikes and long lost cousins. It's kidnapped by the cult. Oh my God, it's a juicy one, finally. <laughs> oh, with a Wakefield taking centre stage for the first time in uh, what feels like forever and probably isn't, but it it's feels a like a long books. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very much like the last few books have had a very kind of those bad episodes of Murder, She Wrote where Jessica Fletcher literally just pops up at the start and at the end to kind of introduce <laughs> things and then wrap things up. And it's like, what the fuck? I'm not watching Murder, She Wrote for people other than Jessica w- Jessica Fletcher. I was at Jessica Wakefield. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a crossover we don't like that's to see. crossover. That's what it is. But uh, yeah, they're very kind of, they've been very side stage lately. So mm. it's nice to get them back, back in the centre. Full of attention again. Never thought we'd say those words, but there you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. And uh, the cover tagline is, Jessica's in desperate trouble. <gasps> oh my God. Well, she is. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> Can you share the back tagline, please? The power of persuasion. Oh, well, the power of persuasion is on full display in this book with uh, somebody called Adam Marvel. Fucking amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the full blurb. Jessica Wakefield's parents have grounded her. She's angry at her boyfriend, Sam, and her friends don't seem to care what happens to her. Then, just when she's at her lowest, Jessica meets a magnetic stranger. Ooh. Adam Marvel is the leader of the Good <laughs> Friends, a mysterious cult that pretends to help the poor and needy. Adam's slick talk wins Jessica over. I mean, it literally takes like 20 oh minutes. It is the fastest brainwashing in history. <laughs> She's very easily brainwashed. <laughs> um, so yes, his slick talk wins Jessica over and before long she's given up parties and cheerleading for group meetings and collecting money at the mall. When, Jessica, when Elizabeth hears rumours about a dangerous cult in Sweet Valley, she realises that Elizabeth has fa- 
oh my God, I've just mixed them both up. How have I managed to do this? While reading out loud, I will do this sentence again. When Elizabeth hears rumours about a dangerous cult in Sweet Valley, she realises Jessica has fallen under its spell. It's up to Elizabeth to help her, to save her sister from the grasp of Adam Marvel before Jessica helps commit a terrible crime. Oh my God, the drama. I love it. That makes it sound slightly more dramatic than it is. That sounds like they're going to go full Patty Hearst, you know, and she's going it to like... It does sound like they're about to rob a bank, yeah, so it doesn't quite get yes. to that point, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, well, the cover is as amazing as the blurb, and can you describe it, please? It is a sight I, to behold. It is. This is a great one. And again, we're kind of on a roll with the three-person covers lately. Um, oh, yeah. So that's always exciting. But yeah, so this... oh. Iconic. It's uh, so it's Jessica, <laughs> Jessica in the middle. Um, she has a backpack on her back. She's looking very current in her high waisted jeans, little purple oh, t shirt. Oh, very much so. It's great. She's holding a little kind of um, like little collection bucket uh, with the good friends on it, yes! uh, so been painted on in red with a little heart around it. Uh, very cute. But she's looking a bit kind of unhappy with how things are going right now because mm. on one side uh, we've got Sam making his first book yes. appearance on the cover which is exciting he's uh, here Sam yeah he's here so he's there he's, his lovely blonde hair is nice and wavy it was described I think as curly blonde hair so we're not too yeah. far off yeah uh, he's looking cool in his leather jacket he's a biker after all of course yeah and the white t-shirt it's it's a very I was gonna say James Dean but it's more of a Fonzie look <laughs> <laughs> it is he's got a certain set of Fonzie vibes it's even his gesture yeah it could be yeah it could be <gasps> blonde Fonzie. Blonzie. Blonzie oh. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Blonzie, yeah. So he's kind of, yeah, arms outstretched, like, what's going on here, Jessica? Is kind of the, the expression on his face. Um, she's kind of shying away from him because then on the other side, we've got a boy who I guess is meant to be Ted, who's one of the good friends because he's mm. described as having red hair and that's what this dude is rocking. Um, so yeah, this guy is also just in very plainly dressed, like white t-shirt, Kind of grey jeans. I think he's holding a book. It's like a little red is book he? in his hand. Oh, he is. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was a book or a wallet. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure it's a book. Um, yeah, so he's kind of standing off to one side. Jess is kind of veering more towards him than Sam right now, which uh. is pretty accurate uh, in terms of, yeah, the gist of the book. Maybe not to Ted specifically, but the good friends are definitely luring her away from her <laughs> more uh, <laughs> normal friends and family. But um, yeah, great cover. A lot of uh, dramatic expressions going on. It's a good one. Oh, it's a it's a doozy. And um, the book is as dramatic as this cover, which is uh, which is a treat after some of the covers we've had recently that were, you know, basically the highlight of the entire yes. thing. <laughs> the true. girl they both loved. I'm looking at oh, you. My God. <laughs> Well, we begin in Sweet Valley High, where everyone's banging on about what an amazing time they had this weekend. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Everyone's having a fantastic time. So, of course, this is it. We've opened with um, Jessica being grounded. So <laughs> everyone in school is just talking about how much fun they're having lately and how many parties they're all going to and fancy barbecues at Fowler Crest. 
So everyone's having a great time except Jessica. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yes, we were also told that uh, Lila says, what can I say? I have a great hostess. <laughs> uh, Lila was the daughter of one of the richest men in Sweet Valley and modesty was not part of her personality. Now, sadly, we did learn last week that racist snobbery Oof. is... Lila, our flat-faced queen, is well, well, listeners, you had plenty to say about her. We'll share your yeah, thoughts later on. Rightly so. Yeah, Lila's in a timeout for now, I think. <laughs> she is. Well, luckily, she doesn't do too much in this book. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, by the way, Amy says that uh, the best part of the barbecue that was also part of this uh, weekend of frolics was when Winston and Ken jumped into the pool with all their clothes on. Sure. <laughs> Something I'm sure you'd like to witness, Karen. Close on, boo. <laughs> but a wet t-shirt. I can work with that. Full Mr. Darcy. Ken emerging yes. from the waves. Sold. <laughs> I'm in. Um, but yeah, Jessica, of course, is miserable because she's still grounded. And Lila says she only had herself to blame. But uh Jessica, this is you know part of her whole thing about feeling that, you know, very alienated from everybody she can think of plenty of people she'd like to blame from her parents to her perfect twin and uh <laughs> we get a twin comparison but it's kind of a resentful angry twin comparison it is that's true and in fact all this kind of build up it's it's pretty much exactly how we ended up with jessica almost running away from home in her running away book uh it because is. it's just her being fed up of being compared to liz who's uh-huh. so perfect and never gets in trouble and never fails a test um so it's like it, it is a bit repetitive in that way but uh yeah mm. that's basically the vibe that we're, we're going for again here so you know yeah. it's not like she learned any lessons from the last time around <laughs> no of course not we're back here again <laughs> thanks jess though this time there's a cult so, <laughs> we don't just spicy, that's true. <laughs> true. We don't just get her running off at a bus station, which is uh, yeah. what she did the last time, if I recall correctly. This is much better. Uh, so uh, yeah, she's pissed off at everybody from her parents to Liz to her friends, and uh, she stomps off. But because her moods are mercurial, by lunchtime she uh, she's kind of she's no longer blaming her friends. She's just kind of angry with the the universe because we're told that she has a five long boring evenings left in the split level prison on calico drive (laughs) her grounding is over oh no yeah time is moving very slowly for jess at the moment um so uh yeah she decides like even though she only has five days left and they seem to be all like school days so you think it wouldn't make a massive amount of difference yeah, like but, she's free by the weekend. So, I mean, just get on with yeah. it. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, especially as we learned, she is allowed to go to cheerleading practice. So This is the thing, yeah. Like, it's it's really not as, as strict or as, as harsh a grounding as you might think initially. No. Um, by the way, we do learn that her friends haven't bothered to visit her, which is a bit kind of crap of them. Because she's allowed to have visitors. This is the thing. I thought, yeah, I kind of thought for a minute that maybe her being grounded, like, you know, that you can't have friends over because that would kind yeah. of negate the whole, you know, you're not allowed to have fun, so you can't have your friends over and have a sleepover. Yeah. But it does seem like from, like, later on in the book that they actually would have been able to come over and see her. They obviously just chose not to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure what the, uh, well, what sort of grounding it is. It seems to be literally, you can't go out on dates, but, you know, your boyfriend could come over, your friends could come <laughs> over, you're going to school and cheerleading. It's like... I don't know. It's it could have been a lot worse, Jessica. I don't think it, it really would driv- it would have driven me to join a cult. No. <laughs> um, 
so uh, yeah, she um, she she at lunchtime her pals are of course obliviously planning all their social activities for the next five days because you know I guess school doesn't come into their their plans at all. Mm. And uh, Kara has some news that enrages Jessica further. Yeah, so Kara found out the night before that she and her mother are going to London. Mm. Just for <laughs> a week. Or is it? Ooh. <laughs> at least they're back to setting things up again. That Yeah, that is a nice um, change from how things have been going recently. Um, so, yeah, there's there's some sort of there's some sort of uh, planning going on in the mm. in the Sweet Valley offices. Just but, last uh, minute shoving people into our countries. Yeah, <laughs> don't enjoy that. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm going to London. Bye. No, it's <laughs> ended up from the beginning of the book. Yes, well um, done, Ghostwriter. But while Amy and Lila are all excited for Kara, this just reminds Jessica of how crap her own life is at the moment. And uh, she tells the girls she's going off to the library, but they barely hear her. She says, oh, might as well go throw myself in front of a truck. I mean, <laughs> Jessica, really, as we've just been saying, your grounding is not that bad. It's really not, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's allowed to go to cheerleading practice. That only makes her feel worse because it makes her even more aware of everything she's missing out on. And uh, especially as everybody's um, planning, Lila's planning a, a sleepover where her cook is going to make fish and chips in honour of Kara. Yeah, it's like a, a celebratory Kara's going to London sleepover. So not only that, she's she's also apparently going to show them all photos that she had taken the last time she was in London. But like, mm. damn, Lila, that sounds like a snooze fest. It really does. Also, I do not remember my friends celebrating what few holidays, foreign holidays I went to in my youth. Well, they're a different breed in Sweet Valley. I think we know this. Oh, that is true. Uh, so Jessica is so miserable and angry at the cheerleading practice. She messes up her routines. Everybody's kind of, you know, joshing her. And she has she ends up basically stomping off once more. There's mm, a lot of, lot of stomping. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only bright spot on the horizon is that she's going out with Sam um, tonight. And uh, even that doesn't go as she had hoped. Yeah, she he was he's um about ten minutes late, I think, before she actually meets him, which is straight away he's in trouble. Um but uh yeah, he explains that he's been having some trouble with his bike, because uh, he has a big race coming up that weekend and he apparently took a spill on the Sunday before. Um so he's he's had to to sort out this and it's turns out the damage is worse than he thought it was gonna be. So he can't really hang out with her that night because he has to go home and, and fix his bike. So Jessica is in a rage because uh, she's um, she wanted them to, you know, she wanted to spend time together. And now he's late because he was fixing his bike and uh, she has no memory of him telling her about the race at the weekend. And, um, you know, it's just uh, it's basically Sam seems to be prioritizing his bike over her because he does say that he can't stay at her house for long that evening because he has to go home and fix his bike, which is really ill judged. Sam. I'm just saying that. Like I guess that's true. She is grounded. She she can only be at home. So yeah, this is her only yeah. time to hang out with you. And uh, yeah, we're told there's a tone in her voice and a look in her eyes that her family would instantly have recognised as dangerous because <laughs> she's, she's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next day after school, she's sickened when she realises that Todd is coming uh, back to the, the Castell Wakefield with them. And who can blame her? Um <laughs> Especially as Todd and Elizabeth are, have, I don't know what 
is wrong with them, but they are very, very excited about something that most people would not be so excited about. Yeah, there's a new bowling team starting up at school and they've decided to join and they are like to a slightly worrying degree, super excited about it. I'm a bit perplexed by the levels of enthusiasm being shown here because, you know, bowling is great crack. But yeah, this is um, this is inexplicable amounts of excitement, I feel like. My God, it really is. And Jessica is just revolted by all this. And she doesn't mention this, but we do remember that uh, the last time she was in a bowling alley, it was when she was taken there by a criminal in the (laughs) Regina's Legacy incident. Yes, it was a bad date and he turned out to be, yes, a felon. So that wasn't great. (laughs) So no wonder she hates bowling. Mm. Um, But anyway, Liz and Todd are delighted with themselves. So when they get back to the Castendale Wakefield, she stomps off to do her homework while Todd and Liz uh, laugh some more about bowling, the, the, uh, their new obsession. <laughs> she can hear them from upstairs and she's just like, oh God, I hate this so much. <laughs> well, Aru doesn't approve when she realises that Todd is staying for dinner. She thinks it's unfair that perfect Liz is allowed to have her boyfriend over all the time and go bowling while she's basically caged. And when when Liz and Sam, um, or when Liz suggests that Jessica and Sam join them at the bowling alley, Wake, Mr. Uh, Wakefield says, uh, I think maybe Jessica has enough to do getting her grades up at the moment. And uh, Jessica thinks he might as well have picked up his chicken leg and slapped her in the face with it. <laughs> I mean, that is a fantastic image. I'll give her that. <laughs> It is, but to be honest, like the fact that she she was grounded for lying multiple times and fa- like destroying notes of her teacher and failing tests. I mean, I don't know what she how she expects her parents to uh, behave because, as we have said earlier, this is a very lenient form of, bone, of grounding, you know, very especially true. given everything she's done. Yeah, that is true, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, I did think it was a bit lousy for him to kind of make such a point of saying all this in front of Todd. But oh, I've got to- Yeah, yeah, that is true. You know, so it is a bit awkward. But yeah, honestly, that chicken leg slap just <laughs> sounds so funny. I'm just like, yeah, whatever you want, lads. <laughs> well, Jessica sh- shouts, I won't be called dead bowling and runs away. <laughs> yes, she's an established hatred of bowling now. <laughs> Well, we're told that the end of the week went no better for Jessica than on the beginning. On Thursday, she picked a fight with Elizabeth at breakfast, argued with Amy and Lila at lunch, and ended the day by hanging up on Sam. Friday, she moped. Oh, it's like a new song by The Cure. (laughs) (laughs) But the next day, her mood is transformed. That's right. She kind of wakes up and can't remember why she's feeling so good. And she's like, what's going on? Is it Christmas? Is it my birthday? Am I buying a new outfit? And then finally it dawns on her that this is her first day of freedom. So <gasps> she's actually, the, the, the grounding has been lifted. <laughs> it has. It's over. She leaps out of bed and cries, look at world, I'm back. <laughs> a terrifying prospect. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's got quite a day planned for herself. Oh my God, yes. Uh, apparently it's raining, but uh, she has everything worked out uh, in her mind. So with the exception of the two hours it's going to take her to get dressed, um, <laughs> she apparently has decided she's going to spend every waking minute of the day with Sam. So they're meeting uh-huh. at the Dairy Burger for breakfast. Uh, so she's like, yes, lovely, long, leisurely breakfast. Uh, then they're going to go shopping. Uh, there's a cafe apparently beside the artificial waterfall at the mall uh, that always makes Jess think of Paris. They just love their water features in this town, don't they? I love it. <laughs> I know. And there's, there's several water features in uh, mentioned in this book um, so many. 
I also do love the idea that an artificial waterfall in a mall would would always make you think of Paris. <laughs> what says Paris more than the smell of chlorine in a mall? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, the day won't stop there. She's uh, in the afternoon or uh, I guess, I don't know how long this mall trip is going to uh, take. I'm sure that'll be delightful for Sam. But um, yeah, they're going to maybe play tennis, maybe go to a movie and then have a candlelit dinner. And uh, I t- does this count as an outfit? Uh, because she she sings in the shower as she decides what she's going to wear. And does this count as outfit planning? No, this is just her her kind of her color scheme ideas. Uh, well, can you describe it, please? Yeah. So as she's running through uh, the wardrobe, she's wondering should she wear maybe turquoise to match her eyes, pink and white to show off her tan, or bright yellow to match her mood. So oh. she does a big twirl. Uh, we don't actually find out what she wears. We just know that it's green. But she decides on green because it makes her hair look even blonder and green is Sam's favourite colour. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I actually do feel we were robbed of an outfit there. Cause... Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like that was ample opportunity for just like, just throw in any fucking noun, lads, and we'd have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Liz is pleasantly surprised to see how happy Jessica is as Jessica runs off to meet Sam but her mood changes when she realises what Sam's plans for the day are well this is it and in fairness to Sam he has mentioned this apparently yeah. several times but also like it's it's in an earlier conversation in the book that he yes. has a big race he has a big race on his bike today um, so Jessica's of course absolutely enraged by this news that she yeah. should know by now <laughs> to be fair this is not on Sam <laughs> no no it isn't like we know this I don't know how she's forgotten <laughs> exactly yeah so um, yeah she's just absolutely fuming about this and mm. has, it ruins her mood she says I should have known something would happen to ruin everything and he wants to spend all day on his dumb bike so uh, yeah she screeches what about me I've been chained <laughs> in my room for days and days what am I supposed to do and Sam's like well you know I thought you'd come along like and cheer me on but of course it's raining so she's so not in the form for that um, but uh, yeah, sounds like I thought you liked coming to races. Uh, but now she's just absolutely not having it. She's no. so annoyed. She's like, I thought today was going to be our day together, not yours and your bikes. So <gasps> she stomps off yet again, <laughs> again. And uh, yeah, she ran, she goes out to the car. She ignores Sam, even when he's pounding on the window of the Fiat. Sam does quite a lot of window pounding in this episode. It was uh... true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, I mean, Sam, you don't like you can just wave. You don't you don't have to yeah, start bashing glass. Dustin Hoffman at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jessica drives off to the mall, roaring at her friends and family the whole time, which I quite enjoy. Her having these imaginary conversations at very loud oh volume. Oh my god! Same. She is literally just screaming at the top of her voice at nobody uh, <laughs> while she's driving. She does sound. <laughs> Truly frightening as she's on making her way to the mall. Yeah, <laughs> dangerous indeed. There's one bit that I enjoy when she's uh, she's going on about how she hates being compared to Elizabeth all the time and says and uh, yells that she's dull, unlike her Jessica, uh, and cries, "I'm the one with the flair and zest for life. I'm <laughs> the one with the great sense of humor. I'm the one with the terrific sense of color and design." <laughs> What a very odd thing to say about yourself. It's very specific, isn't it? Yes. Like Liz would know a good colour scheme if it hit her in the face. <laughs> I, was, I mean, does she, I mean, I guess we just heard her you know, list her favourite colour combos, but I don't know yes, if that counts. She's, 
She's also painted her room brown. So like, I don't know if she has that much um, to back this up as a claim, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, the Hershey bar isn't her advertising her sense of mm. terrific sense of colour and design. So uh, yeah, she, she keeps roaring all the way to the mall. <laughs> um, but uh, when she gets out of the car, she shuts up um, and she heads towards a BB's. But we're told that instead of leaping her with joy at the first sight of BB's, Jessica's heart sank with sadness. Because I guess everyone in BB's looks really happy. I guess, yeah. She sees like a guy with his arm around a pretty blonde and the guy kind of reminds her of Sam. And then there's also <gasps> girls, like a group of girls together coming out with their shopping bags all laughing together. Like just as she and her friends used to do. It's like, it's literally been a couple of weeks, Jessica, because oh, you've been grounded. God. It's okay. But it's enough to, uh, to to send her off the edge anyway. So now she's just burst into tears and is oh. inconsolable in the mall. And while she's weeping in public, who should come along and ask if she's okay? But a mysterious red-haired boy. Hmm. Yes, hmm. he's looking at her with concern and wondering if there's something he can do. I think he offers her a tissue. Um. But yeah, sits next to her and she's a bit salty with him at first. She's like, yeah. oh, don't tell me you must be Sherlock Holmes because yeah, she's obviously clearly upset. Um. But he's just, uh, he's like, oh, you know, you don't have to be so defensive. I know what you're going through. She's like, oh yeah, sure you do. She's just not having it at first. Yeah. Uh, but then he kind of goes, you know, I, I know you must be feeling very alone right now and probably your family doesn't understand you. They don't appreciate you. Uh, he's like, maybe you're in a messed up one-sided relationship, just kind of throwing things at her that yeah. could apply to any teen girl, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's enough, it's enough for her to be like, oh, you really do know how I'm feeling. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Jessica, as we did say earlier, she is very easily brainwashed and she's mm. very easily impressed because um, uh, she asks him how he knows so much about her. And he's like, I'm in the same position as myself, misunderstood, underappreciated. And Jessica pours out her heart to this guy whose name is Ted and um, tells her all her tells him all her woes and when he when she asks him how he's so how is he so together and you know uh, and calm now mm. he says a miracle happened he had run away <laughs> from home and then he met a man <laughs> called Adam Marvel wow not a superhero <laughs> just a guy <laughs> apparently <laughs> Yeah, this Adam Marvel uh, apparently has dedicated his life to helping others. So he says that he became friends with Adam who didn't criticize him or tell him what to do, just became his friend. It's like, and then he invited me to live with a group of people called the Good Friends. And at that moment, my life changed for the better. And the word uh, group sort of rings alarm bells for Jessica. And she mm. imagines what Elizabeth would say if she heard this. But um, so she's like, uh, what kind of group? But Ted quickly explains, they're just a bunch of friends living together, helping one another out. And then he's like, oh, I've got a great idea. What could that <laughs> idea be? Yeah, he thinks that she should uh, come back with him to meet the group. He's like, I know they cheer you up. And Jess is a bit like, mm, I don't know about this. But uh, Ted is like, look, I'm not asking you to join or anything. Just inviting you to call over for supper. Uh, so Jess kind of is like, mm, OK, she kind of it kind of she warms to the idea because she realizes if she doesn't show up at home uh, for dinner that, you know, they might start to get a bit worried about yes. it. So she's like. Yeah, all right, I will go out to your weird house that I don't know anything about <laughs> for supper. Sounds, sounds like a brilliant idea, Jessica. Sure. Well done. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Elizabeth is at the bowling alley with Todd and some of their schoolmates and she can't understand how she's never noticed the bowling captain slash coach before because he's a hunk. <laughs> yeah, another implausible name, Justin Silver. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, apparently he's one of the best looking boys she's ever seen. So he's got this like longish blonde hair, large grey eyes, strong, clean features. I'm not sure what clean features means yeah, exactly. what does that mean? Clean not coach, sure. I suppose? Maybe, yeah. But um, yeah, so he's he's like in charge, I guess, or he's the coach of this team, but also a student in high school, I guess. I know, um, I don't really understand how this team works and what its relationship it's not, to the school it's is. It's really not clear, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's kind of running things at the minute. And uh, yeah, so this is their kind of first meeting to, to figure everything out and uh, get on track with their bowling team. Um, he's also a massive creep because he keeps smiling and smirking at Elizabeth when he's telling the group things. Um, and uh, I mean, this is pre- maybe I'm just projecting backwards because he absolutely is a massive creep. But even yes, from he the is. beginning, he's like, oh, ha- you know, we, we used to have a really good bowling team. But the whole time he's like looking at Elizabeth dead in the eyes, which sounds slightly <laughs> terrifying. A little bit, yeah. Well, we cut to Jessica. And she's driving through the wrong side of town. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, they remind us that this is the, the shitty side of town that uh, Trisha Martin used to live in. Yes. Um, so we're really on the wrong side of the tracks here. The houses are old and run down. The streets are in absolute fucking bits. You know, the, the usual. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't changed since since Trisha's days, sadly. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, the address is on a road called Cedar Street and uh, Jessica hopes she's got the address wrong because uh, this house is an absolute dump. And uh, she thinks it definitely didn't look like the home of any good friends of hers. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to find people who understand me here. I'm going to find people who sh- shop in thrift stores. Oh, no. Perish uh, the thought of secondhand clothes. <laughs> also, this was in the early 90s when any teenager with any pretensions of cool was, tr- you know, trying to shop in thrift stores. Like, it's, I don't know, Jessica. I guess it's a reminder of how incredibly basic all the sweet ballions are. But <laughs> it is a town of basic bitches, it's true. That's <laughs> true. Well, she could see uh, an Indian print bedspread hanging in the front window where a curtain could be and her heart sinks even further because she has a suspicion about what sort of people might be in this house. (gasps) They're probably vegetarians. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) This is 1992. Suburban Dublin and plenty of vegetarians. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, but she's just like no people who eat nothing but tofu is her her fear of this. But um, and then we do get a nice little callback to tofu glow <laughs> and what a disastrous experience that was. So she basically wants nothing ever to do with tofu ever again, which is probably understandable to be fair. That is true. Um, yeah, I mean it's kind of like you know my a to- tofu killed my parents kind of situation. Yeah, got- <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, so she is about to leave when. Uh, Ted runs out of the house and greets her and um, she's like, oh, sorry, I thought it was the wrong house. I, that's why I'm clearly going. But he's like, no, look at our sign. Because they've got a sign saying they're good friends. <laughs> yeah, so she can't bail out now, unfortunately. She's been she's been spotted. So uh, she has to come inside now. So she he gives her the grand tour, but she realizes that the inside of the house actually is 
slightly better than the outside. Yeah, it's um, kind of it's nice. Actually, like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cheerful. It sounds like a student house, to be honest, although with Absolutely. the plants living not so much. But yeah, like yeah. bright prints, colorful cushions, walls full of posters and paintings. Um, yeah, so he's just like, you know, it is it is nice. And we, we do everything we can for ourselves, make our own clothes, do our own repairs. Uh, so, you know, everyone kind of pitches in in the group. Um, so he kind of just explains, yeah, that this is the kind of vibe that they have going on in the place. And, you know, everyone's a bit creative and we all paint and macrame or so. Uh, <laughs> and just, you know, everyone does their bit to to keep everyone happy and, and do their do their part. Very tediously. Um, there's two girls there playing guitars and he's like oh there are musicians we make our own entertainment too <laughs> oh god really okay that's the best you can do great um, and of course Adam doesn't believe in television I love that it's like so it doesn't exist is that what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you don't believe in it it's there <laughs> well he says that it's like a conversation killer and Jessica thinks as did I she and her friends often have conversations about television shows. And who doesn't these days? Oh, seriously, like, what are you talking about if not succession lately? Come on. Yes. <laughs> oh, we're recording this the day after Kendall's birthday party oh um, aired. And I'm still not right after that episode. I'm still inside out from cringe yeah. watching it. <laughs> if not recovered. Oh. <laughs> so many emotions throughout yeah. that, that episode. Um, so, uh, yeah. Adam Marvel. I mean, this- <laughs> some good friend. Get out of here. <laughs> well, um, Ted introduces her to the rest of the, the good friends and she thinks they're a pretty dowdy bunch. The boys <laughs> mostly wore faded jeans and old plaid shirts, which was literally every second teenage boy in 1992, including the cool ones. like Exactly. Including the ones on TV, like not two years <laughs> later in the Sweet Valley High TV show. <laughs> <laughs> True. And we're told the girls wore clothes that hadn't been fashionable for at least a year. And worst of all, there was only one blonde in the room and she didn't even have a tan. Oh my God, that useless bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What is even the point of her? (laughs) She's wearing sunscreen like a sucker. (laughs) Exactly. Well, um, she's kind of relieved when a girl called Annie is making chili because I don't know, she thought they were just going to be given a big plain block of tofu each. Um, And Ted shows Jessica around the rest of the house, which is kind of nice. Uh, Again, the bedrooms, they do all share bedrooms. They all have two beds in them. Um, Though she notices that none of the bedrooms have a phone. It's like, oh, boo fucking who, Jessica? Like, (laughs) really? That was pretty normal for (laughs) 90s girls' bedroom. Yes. Mine anyway did not have a phone in it. No, oh my god! I don't think I knew anybody with more than one phone in their house. No, so, no. Uh, yes, I mean I've no sympathy for you here, Jessica. And <laughs> only one bedroom is locked. Yeah, so she wonders what that what that is when they pass this locked door that had remained shut during the tour. And Ted explains this is Adam's room, so he needs a place where he can work in total peace. Apparently, uh, so yes. she's like, "Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense," and kind of imagines that Adam must be around her parents' age. Um, people that old needed peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I am their age now, so yes, <laughs> she's not wrong. No, <laughs> sometimes you just want a bit of time to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, she um, she thinks how quiet the house is. Like, there's lots of people there, but it's you know, no one's there's no one's yelling or laughing or um, arguing or yeah, <laughs> slamming doors. Um, but uh, Ted says, Adam says, people who really love and understand one another don't need to raise their voices. Um, 
And this proves Jessica's belief that her own parents don't love Lord Sadler because they've been raising their voices all right. I know. So she gets a proper introduction to the full gang over dinner and everybody's super nice to her, apart from a sulky girl called Susan. Mm, yeah, everyone else is is quite chatty and wants to know all about her. So she's um, she's kept busy apparently for most of the meal telling the others all about herself, which is something that she loves to do anyway. So this is really a great oh, way yeah. to get Jessica on side is just to let her talk Babylon endlessly about how great she is. <laughs> Um, so yeah they they tell her about their charity work they do a lot of collections and Adam manages all the collections and uh, at this stage she thinks he's not her parent's age he must be a kindly old man a cross between Santa Claus and the president but depending on what time in 1992 this was this was either Bush or Clinton so uh, oh Jesus I don't know what I think about this (laughs) you do not want to sit on that lap anyway no Yikes. Um, well, Susan asks uh, Jessica if she wants to join the group, but Jessica, you know, is, is a bit taken back by this. And she's like, oh, I don't think I could share a room. But Susan's like, oh, Adam says the only people who need privacy are those who have something to hide. Mm. Mm. So later, Jessica is about to leave and she realises she does feel better. She's unburdened herself, but talking to these strangers has made her feel better. And now she'll just go back to her own life and, you know, just continue as normal. She's lightened the load. But then someone arrives that just stops her in her tracks. Well, this is it. Because all along, like everyone's just been talking about how great Adam is. And now he's finally come back to the house. So he's there in the doorway and he is one of the most attractive men she's ever seen. <laughs> just like every other fucking attractive man in this series. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, um, she reckons he couldn't have been over 30, uh, but he's perfect, chiseled features, piercing green eyes, thick wavy blonde hair. And he's wearing an expensive blue suit and pale yellow shirt because something about Sweet Valley they just love a bit of blue and yellow together I don't know what it is but they're all about it they love Um, Sweden I don't know maybe yeah but yeah he looks like a model or a movie star Um, and he's gazing right at her so she's absolutely enraptured by the sight of this man so yeah everyone's delighted he's home but Jessica's transfixed she is transfixed and he um He's like looking straight at her and says, Ted told me all about you and uh, I'd have known you anywhere. And he says he hopes she wasn't leaving and she lets her bag fall to the floor and is like, I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so later we cut, we cut to Jessica back at the house, pushing things off her bed, including lots of blouses, which I can only assume are silk. It must be a mountain of silk blouses. Like there's simply, there's no other fabric in question here. <laughs> no. Well, she thinks about how hot Adam is, especially after he changed into casual clothes. <laughs> uh, yes, she couldn't help noticing that unlike the other male members of the group, Adam had a perfect physique. <laughs> That's it, yeah. So um, yeah, he then told her all about the story of how he came to found the good friends. Mm. Everybody else is absolutely hanging on his every word uh, because oh he's God. so impressive. Apparently, he's done uh. loads of traveling. Um, so yeah, they're all just like, oh, tell him about the time he did this, and tell Jessica about the time he did the other thing. And apparently, he like helped some poor widow and her children in New York. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, tell, tell Jessica about the grape pickers you befriended in Italy, like. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, my God. He's like a student who went traveling and won't shut up about the year he took. (laughs) Exactly. 
can you imagine his Instagram would be absolutely painful? <laughs> oh my God. Him and the grape pickers. God help them. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's d- Jessica is dazzled by his charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. And- <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when he asks her to come over the next day to help like clear, to do something with the lawn. Really sure. Yeah. Like mow it. Anyway, it turns out he's going to ask her to clean out a garage. But anyway, she immediately says yes, and uh, she imagines that Adam, when they're working on the lawn, will see how special and unique she is. But her reverie is disturbed. Oh yeah, uh, Liz comes through the door, <laughs> banging on about <laughs> fucking bowling <laughs> because everyone's so nice and Justin the coach is amazing. And she can't remember the last time she laughed so much. Apparently, Todd bounced his ball across two lanes. So like, wow, Todd is really bad at bowling. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Jessica's kind of like, how could Elizabeth interrupt her with this nonsense when she was thinking about serious things? Um, so Liz is like, yeah, you should join. It's so much fun. I don't know why Liz is so intent on Jess joining when Jess clearly hates bowling and has never had any interest in it but um, yes yeah she's she's just kind of offended or affronted by uh, by all Liz's enthusiasm and she's like you know there's more important things than having fun so she's uh, oh. yeah she's it's quite a weird attitude change for Jess already it really is um so yeah the Adam has worked his magic mm. The next day, she jumps out of bed, excited about the prospect of a day at the good friend's house. And we're told that for the first time in ages, she had something important to look forward to. Not just a date or a dance or a new pair of shorts. <laughs> I love that all those things are like level excitement yeah. amounts. <laughs> a new pair of shorts. A new pair of shorts. It's so specific. It's great. <laughs> so she's sure Adam will solve all her problems, but she's not going to mention them or the good friends to her family. She knows they'll just mock her. And... Yeah. Um, She's all chirpy, she's making pancakes and Alice asks if she called Sam back because apparently he rang loads of times and she'd totally forgotten his existence. Oh my God, yeah. Because um, she, she, yeah, she also, Alice wonders, is Sam coming to breakfast? And maybe this is why she's making pancakes. But um, yeah, Jessica's just like, uh, oh no, uh, I'm, I'm going to spend the day with him, but he's not coming over for breakfast now. Uh, that's all. I just thought I'd surprise you with these pancakes and this very out of character breakfast making. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, she heads off and she, when she arrives at the good friend's house, she now feels it has character. <laughs> and, um, Adam is delighted to see her and he wants her to work with him cleaning out the garage so he can get to know her better. Now, I'm just saying now, if this was a more gritty book, mm. Adam would be, uh, like, Having sex with all these teenage oh, girls. This this would be a sex cult, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, but um, yeah, they uh, they sort of do kind of try to avoid all suggestion of this mm. by having things like, oh, you can't go into my room, you know, people would be jealous. So, uh, but you know, he still is massively inappropriate and creepy from the get go. Yeah, true. And Susan appears um, when, you know, after Alice or Alice, Adam <laughs> and Jessica start working on the on the garage um, and uh, she's clearly jealous. Yeah, um, this is the thing, because apparently Susan was supposed to be the one to, to help 
Adam clear out the garage and she's uh, she's like, you know, you, you said you wanted me to do this. Uh, and Adam's like, well, no, no, I don't. Uh, and he's kind of dismissive of her. So Susan sort of storms off and he apologizes to Jessica about it. But then he's like, you know, I, I don't want you to think this kind of behavior is is typical of the good friends. Um, but Jessica's like, oh, you know, I, don't, I just don't think Susan likes me very much. So she's kind of um, this is her take on the situation anyway. Mm. That's Susan being jealous. Oh, of course. And he's like, oh, Jessica, you're so perceptive. <laughs> uh, like his face lights up, you know, and then he does say, I'm so mature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuck, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she is, gr- she is a great time. She loves the whole thing. She finally understands that working together for the common good can be satisfying. And he, she says that she's always loved being part of a group of in, when it comes to the cheerleaders and PBAs. But Adam mm. points out she's always competing with them. Uh-huh, yeah, because she always wants to be the best cheerleader in the most mm-hmm. popular PBA. So it's not quite the same thing. And she wasn't really like thinking of herself in terms of working with a group for mm. a common goal. But, um, and she's like, yeah, you're right. And, today, and he's like, well, look, today you were working with uh, with others, not against them. And the people you usually associate with are selfish and self-centered, but they make you that way too. You have no opportunity to express your true nature, which is giving and generous. I mean, <laughs> is it? He doesn't know is her at it? all. <laughs> <laughs> It is explicitly not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Well, she thinks it is. She's like, oh, he knows me so well. And Adam's like, you've potential. And uh, the good friends would like her to be their friend. She's like, I'd like to be your friend too. Oh, Jessica. (laughs) Well, that night, she has a movie date with Sam. She doesn't want to be there. She just wishes she was at the good friend's house. Um, First of all, Sam forgets she doesn't like popcorn and he gets her popcorn. And then she he's like, let's go to the Dairy Burger. And the only reason she goes there uh, is because lunch at the good friend's house was tofu. Yeah. <laughs> she was right. <laughs> but I like when they arrive at the DB, they find all the recent randomers from the recent books. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So there's April and fucking Michael Harris. Boo. Oh. Uh, we have Maria and Winston, at least they're established. Uh, yeah. Lila, Amy, Aaron, uh, and then like Rose Jameson, because clearly the entire plot of Rose's lie was for absolutely fucking nothing. Yes. If we're back to calling her Rose again, <laughs> come on, Ghostwriter. <laughs> what was the point of all that? Oh my God. What's no still, going out with it? still going out with Eddie Strong? Because he's there oh, too. Yeah. That's true, yeah. So there's a whole gang. Well, they've all lost their appeal for Jessica and their jokes just rubber up the wrong way. And she thinks basically they're all just shallow saps. And uh, all all the boys do is talk about sports and music and all the girls do is talk about clothes and gossip. So she's just very unimpressed suddenly with the people she normally hangs out with. So she's kind of silent all the way home and Dave or... um, Sam asks, uh, you know, oh, you know, why are you so quiet? Are you thinking about your outfit for April's party next week? But she's like, I might even go to the party and slams the door <laughs> and stomps off yet again. Wow. Yeah, I should have kept a running tally of how much she stomps off because it is up there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, there's a lot of stomping. <laughs> well, meanwhile, Liz and Todd are having post bowling pizza at Guido's and Todd good naturedly jokes about Justin giving Liz loads of attention but Liz sort of jokes it off I'm just going to say now Todd is a lot more like Todd is kind of cool in this book like Todd's a little too cool if anything because this is one time where I actually want him to punch somebody and he doesn't oh my god I said that later on I was like where are the fists of fury wither the fists of fury Todd 
<laughs> when we really need them, they're nowhere to be seen. Punching oh, out. Seriously. Well, <laughs> Uh, so we cut to I guess next week and Liz is all cheerful as she ponders her bowl till you drop badge oh I think actually when I was a teenager I would have ironically worn a bowl till you drop badge it's pink and green <laughs> like I would have 100% had that in my second hand Jessica suede jacket <laughs> it does kind of yeah I probably would have worn that pin too to be fair and actually now that I think of it I literally do own a shirt that has bowling pins all over it <laughs> So I guess I'm in no position to make fun of this entire bowling B-plot now that I've just ratted myself out. <laughs> well, Elizabeth tells herself that Justin is... I don't know why this is so funny. He's only interested in you as a bowler. Like she's an Olympic athlete. For sake. All right, Lebowski, chill out. <laughs> By the way, he clearly fucking isn't because he keeps looking... Oh, he's so gross. I hate him. He keeps yeah. looking for excuses to put his arms around her to like show her bowling moves. Ugh, get off her. Um, so uh, she does clearly fancy him though. She does. She's kind of flattered by his attention. Uh. His creepy, creepy attention. Uh. Um, and he keeps saying stuff like, oh, I wish I'd met you before Wilkins did. So he's not exactly subtle either. Like it's very, oh, no, no. very overt. Um, but yeah, she feels a bit guilty about fancying him. Um, so she's yeah she's kind of having to shake herself out of it a little bit <laughs> well she heads out for breakfast and uh, finds Jessica who's wearing a very non-Jessica outfit which I think uh, you'll describe it later no doubt yeah then Jessica stuns her family even further <laughs> can you tell us what she does it's the muesli it's here hey <laughs> Why that was the one thing I remembered most from this book when I read it as a kid, but for some reason Jessica eating muesli made an impression on me. I was like, that is not like her at all. You're right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's uh, it's an iconic scene, and um, Liz points out that Jessica always said muesli tasted like horse food. Which Jessica angrily denies. Yeah, she says you must be confusing me with someone else. Well, Elizabeth asks her to join her and talk to the bowling alley later. And Jessica looks, is outraged at this as well and uh, says she has to go to the library. But um, Elizabeth wonders what's up because Jessica is not acting like herself. No, not at all. All this talk of studying in the library. Like even Alice is kind of like, you've been working so hard all week. Like, why why are you going studying again today on a Saturday? But wow. uh, Jessica's like, oh, you know, I thought you were concerned about my grades and I thought you'd be happy I was going to spend the day studying. So she's really just kind of snappy with everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, she's like, Alice is kind of saying, you know what, I do want you to enjoy yourself too. You don't have to lock yourself away to a desk every day. But um, yeah, she's just like, no, nope, I'm not going wasting time at the bowling alley with Todd and Liz. It's like, what do you mean wasting time? <laughs> But yeah, she's she's off out of there. She's had a, a spoon of muesli and now she's oh. done. <laughs> well, we have proof that she's not herself when she drives off. Because she's wearing a watch. Oh my God, what is happening? Surely a sign of the apocalypse. Oh, well, you'd think her family would know that like they better call some sort of deprogrammer in right now. Yes. <laughs> something's half gone wrong. She's wearing a watch quick, lads. Intervention immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Well, her plan for the day is to help the good friends collect money for a worthy cause, which is unspecified. Mm-hmm. When she walks straight into their kitchen, Adam says, well, if it isn't your own little ray of sunshine. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, they all divide up into different groups and they head to Palisades where they're collecting money door to door. And I am very surprised, but Jessica loves it. Yeah, I, I don't know how, but she has a great time. Um, mm. Apparently people seem to like and trust her for some reason. Um, and she ends up collecting loads of donations. And I suppose, yeah, she's in a group with Adam as well. So that probably brightens things for her considerably too. Because all she wants to do now is, is hang out with Adam and be in his presence. Um, <gasps> so yeah, he's really impressed with how she does and reckons that even though it was her first time, he reckons she's probably collected more than anybody else. So he tells her what a good job she did. By the way, the charity, unspecified. Mm, it's extremely vague yes all these worthy so causes vague. and good deeds there's no specifics mm. at all <laughs> no um, so Jessica believes the good friends are bringing out the best in her but then on the way home Adam shocks her <laughs> yeah they pull up uh, into a, a supermarket car park and Adam says yeah me and Brian are going to do a little shopping and he takes like a fistful of money out of one of the boxes and says I don't know about you guys but I'm starving doing good deeds makes me hungry and Jessica's really shocked by this so she's like wait you can't spend that money and there's this really awkward silence then in the van that they've all been packed into and uh, she's like oh you know I don't mean to sound critical but like we collected this for the needy, didn't we? But then Adam's like, oh, you know, you're you're so principled, Jessica. He just kind of plumosses her again. And he's like, you know, you've an instinctive selflessness in you. That's why you did so well. But this is legitimate because, you know, we need to cover our costs as well. Or how else are we going to do all these good deeds uh, unless we can feed ourselves and have a roof over our heads? So she's kind of like, oh, I guess that makes sense. And kind of just nods in agreement eventually. But I suppose, yeah, her yeah. initial instinct was like, wait a second. This yeah. doesn't seem right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Brian, uh, the good friend, returns from the shops with a um, with lots of you know, bags of crisps and stuff. And mm. for the rest of the journey, happiness reigns. Uh, and then um, they return to the house and Adam suggests the girls start getting the dinner ready while the boys start, start sort out the cash. Mm, I kind of thought Jess might have at least a fleeting thought about this, but uh, she's too busy trying to get one over on Susan uh, uh. <laughs> because <laughs> Susan's like, no, I need to have a shower. I'm feeling manky basically is what she's saying yeah. so jessica's like oh this is my chance now to show her up so she's like oh, yeah. i'll do it and uh, annie like links arms with her and she's like i'll help so they head off into the kitchen to make dinner so yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in the kitchen jessica asks annie how she joined the good friends and we hear she ran away from home because her parents were always fighting and then she met adam and he changed her life he made her feel safe and secure and uh jessica says what about when you're not with the group how do you feel then and daddy hmm. says but I'm always with the group. Oh, yeah. She answers instantly. And she kind of says, Adam doesn't really like us to associate with people from outside. And Jessica is shocked by this. She but is, before, yeah. before she can say anything, Adam comes into the room and obviously heard what had just been said. So he's like, oh, you know, what Annie means is that we, we've learned through experience that outsiders don't always understand our ways. So he kind of just has an answer for everything yeah. to kind of make everything seem, actually, it's very chill, nothing to worry about. <laughs> so uh, yeah, any, any of Jessica's instincts that kind of kick in he just manages to sort of assuage her back to to his side yeah and he says things like people love blaming anyone different they just don't understand them they you know they don't mm. understand special people and of course Jessica's like yeah that's true oh they this don't. is exactly what she needs to hear yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh sam arrives at the at the uh casa del wakefield to take jess to april's party and he's shocked to find that she's forgotten all about it 
Yeah. Uh, and she's kind of annoyed then because she said that she told him last week that she might that she might not go. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, even a proper yeah. answer. But uh, but Sam was like, you know, that was last week and you didn't say anything about not going when I talked to you last night. So like in fairness to Sam, he is having these conversations with Jessica and she's just yeah. not paying attention at all and just immediately forgetting any kind of plans that they've made together. Mm. Um so she's like, no, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to go. I've, yeah, she kind of said that she had, she spent the entire day in the library studying for an yeah. English test. But then Sam was like, well, Liz said you'd gone to the library. So I stopped oh. by to bring you for lunch, but you weren't there. Um, so Jessica's like, oh shit. Okay. And kind of realizes that, you know, stretching the truth might be wrong when you were doing it for personal reasons, but not when you're doing it for a good cause. <laughs> so she reckons, you know, this was a good enough cause for, for all this kind of carry on. So she's like, were you spying on me? But then covers her tracks saying that she was in uh, the Cold Springs library. Uh, so he's like, why would you go all the way to Cold Springs? <laughs> but she kind of fobs him off and she's like, oh, they, you know, Sweet Valley didn't have the books that I needed. So this is her cover story. Mm. And of course, she gets very defensive. Uh, so that's the that sort of uh, allows her to continue to present herself as the victim. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look, I'm really sorry. I just want to spend time with you. But he, she pushes him away and says, oh, you prefer to spend time with your bike. And he suggests they stay in with pizza and a movie. And Jessica thinks the idea of curling up on the couch with Sam and a pepperoni pizza was so familiar and so pleasant that for a moment she also almost relented. But like, so familiar. That's something Liz could say about Todd. Jessica was going out with Sam for literally a week before she got grounded. <laughs> Maybe that two is, weeks. Mm, yeah. Oh, was it a little longer than that? No, or some time had passed, I think, between books, maybe. Anyway, because they've been Maybe. together long enough to be boyfriend and girlfriend. But yeah, I suppose the fact that it's like, this is a, a well-worn kind of established relationship. It's not quite at that stage just yeah. yet. Where it's really, like, oh, yeah. that familiar, our, our old familiar ways. I was like, really? Okay. It's, it's, also, it's also not really a very Jessica way to spend an evening anyway. So even yeah, a, a regular night for them would be surely them heading out dancing or going to the beach disco or something like that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, she says, I don't eat, she, she turns away from this familiar image and says, <laughs> I don't eat pizza with a person who doesn't trust me. Why don't you watch TV with your bike? <laughs> well, I don't know. Poor, I mean, really. Oh, poor Sam and Dean. Hashtag poor Sam. Oh, God, poor Sam. Well, on Monday night, Liz answers the phone and it's just... Oh God! And um, not for the first or last time, he behaves wildly inappropriately. Oh yeah, this is bad. Uh, so yeah, I suppose when he rings her at first, she's kind of like, "Oh, did I leave something behind at the alley?" Um, but he's like, "No, no, no. I just I have to talk to you. I've been thinking about this, and I, I can't keep quiet any longer." And Liz kind of makes jokes and kind of lightens the mood a bit. But he's like, "No, no." Um, he yeah, she kind of asks, "Oh, is it about the uniforms? Is it about this, that, and the other?" But um. He says that the problem is not with the uniforms. The problem is that I want to go out with you. I thought maybe you and I could go to the movies sometime. Oh but like he knows she's with Todd and they're yes. you know, in a long term relationship. Yes. And to be honest, this whole thing is a lot, again, a lot like the surfer guy from The New oh. Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Who was also That's like true. obsessed with her. He knew she had a boyfriend. Long, blonde locks. Blonde hair. Yeah. Like he knew that guy also knew that she had a boyfriend, uh, was still like knew she wasn't interested, still fucking pursued her, would not take no for an answer and just fucking Hello? pushed it. And that's what this guy does, too. It's really bad uh, and he is a massive fucking creep so yeah Liz blushes and says she's flattered but she and Todd are for keeps because like Justin has just said I'm not trying to make trouble or anything but I just had to ask you didn't have to oh, ask uh, 
He absolutely did not have to ask at all. Like, he knows she has a boyfriend, and yet here we are. Yeah, wildly inappropriate, Justin. Um, mm. But uh, he says that, uh, okay, fine, I'll see you at practice. And when she, when she hangs up, Liz tells herself, maybe you're not so dull after all. You are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there's inappropriate creep fancies you. Yeah. <laughs> um, now again, Todd is very chill about it because we cut to Thursday, and Todd, Liz, and Edith are in the cafeteria where Todd is joking about Justin favoring Liz and being some teacher's pet, and now he's like just has eyes mm. for her. Um, but Todd is clearly very comfortable and confident in their relationship, which is, I guess, good. Honestly, it makes such a change because I fully expected Todd to be a massive like jealousy rage monster all mm. the way through this B plot, and he really isn't. In fairness to him, I think we've been thinking of TV Todd recently, who would hundred percent literally the sight of Liz talking to anybody other than him, and he just flies off the handle. <laughs> He's a very angry young man. He really is. <laughs> well, uh, Liz feels a bit awkward because it's been a few days now, and she still hasn't told Todd about Justin's call, and Justin is still fussing all over her. Um, so uh, she's pleased when Enid changes the subject and uh, mm. the subject is Jessica because she, she's yeah. transformed. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, she says uh, she hasn't seen her since early that morning. Uh, but yeah, Enid's like, or yeah, Liz says maybe she's working in the library and Enid's like, well, that doesn't sound like her. And Liz kind of has to admit that Jess has been acting strangely lately. She's spending hours in the library studying. She's dressing differently. <gasps> Um, and Enid kind of, I think, had assumed that Jessica's new conservative uh, clothing choices were some kind of sorority stunt. Uh, so she surprised her, and that's not the case. Uh, Todd's nope. like, "Oh, I only give it, I give it three days." And uh, as they're leaving the cafeteria, they spot uh, Jessica sitting outside on a bench on her own, reading a book. <gasps> and it's all extremely unlike her. <laughs> a book. I know. <laughs> She's uh, a witch. Edith says, good grief. She looks like a social worker. <laughs> My God. Todd says, we'll get too worried. It's probably a book on makeup. <gasps> you know, it's not an unreasonable uh, prediction. I guess, yeah. So later, Lila and Amy are leaving uh, school um, after a committee meeting for the upcoming junior dance again with the admin. They love it. Absolutely all over that bureaucracy. They can't get enough. Well, Sam pulls up uh, and asks if Jessica's still inside at the meeting. But they tell him she never turned up. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, apparently Jessica had told Lila and Amy that she was busy. uh, And Sam is like, wait, what do you mean? Like, apparently Jessica has been busy an awful lot lately. And every time Uh. he suggests that they do something together, she's been busy. Um, So he's like, oh, okay. He then says, you know, what about Sunday? Did she make that pie beta thing? And Lila's like, "Mm, she was busy. (laughs) Then he asks Amy about some fundraiser for the cheerleaders that she was allegedly at on Tuesday night. And Amy's like, oh, um, God, you know, I, I can't remember Tuesday. So Lila's, I think Amy is trying to make some efforts to cover for Jessica. But Lila's like, no, you went shopping with me on Tuesday night. Uh, and she's like, we asked Jessica to go. But she was busy. <laughs> so poor <gasps> Sam is hearing all this. And he's like, what is going on? I don't understand. Um, and Lila, she's such a bitch. She was like, oh, I'm sure there's a perfectly good explanation for all of this. I mean, Jessica's never been very good at staying with one person for very long. But that was before she met you. <laughs> <gasps> Well, I do like this moment where Sam, um, she's leaning on uh, Sam's car when she says this and um, yeah. Sam uh, starts the engine and abruptly pulls away from the curb and Lila pitches forward. It is quite satisfying, to be fair, yeah. Especially after the last book. 
Oh, well, Amy yes. wonders if they fucked up Jess's cover because she's clearly been like Sam, obviously. And Lila uh, mm. says, Jessica needs a wake-up call for ignoring them at lunch and says, did you, ever see, did you see the book she was reading today? How to be a better you? I mean, have you ever heard anything so silly? Pie beaters are already perfect. How could any of us possibly improve? Oh, Lila, so many ways. <laughs> I know. After the last book, we've got a very Jesus. long list. Very much so. <laughs> Well, later, Jessica arrives home from the good friend's house and Sam is in Calico Drive and he's not in a good mood because he asks her about all their lies and she gives him a spiel about, oh, good friends don't raise their voices and they'd always, they should always be calm and trust each other. And he's like, well, I can't trust you because you've just proved you've been lying to me all week. Exactly, yeah. But she's just, she's not having it. Yeah, she just kind of shakes him off and she's like, no, you can't demand these things of me. Uh, she's like, who do you think you are? If you really cared about me, you wouldn't be going around checking up on me. You'd let me be myself. Oh. Um, and Sam's like, you don't even sound like yourself anymore. Like, what is uh-huh. going on? You, it's like aliens have taken over your body. Um so, yeah, but of course, Jessica, this is all playing into exactly what Adam has been feeding her because yeah. he'd been like warning her this would happen. And, you know, um, telling her about members of the group whose friends and families try to turn them against the good friends. So she's like, oh, it's a good thing I'm keeping this a secret because uh, they'd all just try and pull me away from Adam and his <gasps> amazingness. <laughs> yep. And she, said, she tells Sam, I can't talk to you because you're too shallow. And Sam is starts getting panicky. He's not, he's not angry anymore. He's clearly scared. He says, Jessica, mm. what happened to the girl I used to go out with? Where is no. she, Jess? What's <laughs> happening to you? Again, I mean, you were going out with her for a month at the very most. But... <laughs> no. He's also right, though. Like, it's it's quite a drastic change in her. Because it is like, the fastest brainwashing ever, to be fair. Oh, my God. So it is yeah. <laughs> all happening very quickly. Well, she yelled, I'm a total human being, Sam, not just some pretty girl who likes to go to parties. Like, uh, it's kind of like uh, somebody having their coming, you know, realisation moment in a 70s film about feminists. Just has a very sort of, you know, I'm not just a painted doll. I'm a real person. I'm going to self-actualise. There you go. Yeah. Well, Sam says, you're a total space cadet, if you ask me. And says he's going to get to the bottom of this. And off he goes. Hmm. So, meanwhile, Liz realises she has to do something about Justin. She says to herself, it wasn't fair to Todd and it wasn't fair to Justin either. It's been, she has been totally fucking fair to Justin. He has made this awkward. It is all him. It truly is. Like, she doesn't owe him anything. Like, this is, like, Mm. fuck Justin. He's just made this awkward and weird now. And even after she's told him that she just wants to be friends and doesn't want anything further to happen, he's still all over her and being a fucking creep. So, like, he can get in the bin, honestly. Oh, he really can. Uh, yeah. But yeah, inexplicably, she is, um, you know, she's she's torn over this. And she mm. arrives at bowling early. And again, he's like smiling and smarming at her and she feels bad again. And uh, she uh, she says, look, I have to talk to you. And he, he thinks she's leaving the team. And when he when she says she's not, he's like, you being honest has changed my life. And oh, grabs her arm. Stop it. Oh, God. Yeah, because she looks down at his hand and like instead of removing it, he tightened his grip. Like, get away from her. (laughs) Well, she says, Justin, you've got to stop talking like that. You don't even know me. You don't know what sort of person I am. What I think is important. You just think I'm pretty. (laughs) This is creepier than any of the cold stuff. Beautiful. (laughs) Justin whispered. I know you're beautiful. Oh my god! I feel like him and, and Nicholas Morrow would have a lot to talk about. Oh, oh my. <laughs> well, 
their creepy obsession with lids would yeah. bond them for life. Um, <laughs> so uh, she says, look, me and Todd are basically, we're solid. And he's like, I admire your loyalty. I wish it was directed at me. And oh Todd gosh. comes in. He's like, uh, what, what's going on here? But he's, again, this is the moment. Get the fist of fury out. No. Yeah, it's like his tone was light. It's like, why is it light? Punch him in the face, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone violence, but in the case of Justin, kind of do. <laughs> later, Jess lies in her bed feeling misunderstood because um, she feels everybody is against her. Uh, she's lied again because uh, she, you know, she told, went to the good friend's house telling her parents she was going somewhere else. And of course, Adam reaffirmed all her her feelings when she went over there. Of course, yeah. He um, told her that, yeah, that she was outgrowing her friends and uh, this is what happens, apparently. Uh, Mm. He says that uh, he had told her that she was outgrowing them just the way a snail outgrows its shell and like the snail, she would have to find a new shell. Like, Adam, you dipshit. Snails don't outgrow their shells. They're stuck to their fucking shells. You're thinking of hermit crabs, you idiot. (laughs) Like you can't be a cult leader and a total fucking dipshit. That's not how it works. <laughs> well, doesn't know anything about snails. Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, well, she fantasizes about her and Adam, you know, having this sort of spiritual bond. Uh, <laughs> we are told kind of that it's not romantic, if that's the mm. right word, because he's too old for her. Thank fuck she thinks that. But that they oh, can God. give each other companionship and well, deception. <laughs> yeah. In- Stop. Oh, God. Yeah, that's so true that they are really kind of pulling away from any kind of romantic feeling towards Adam, whereas it's not like this wouldn't be the first time that Jessica has had a romantic feeling for like a man in his 30s, because that oh. has very much been the case with her before, where she's like, oh, he'll leave his girlfriend and spend the time traveling <laughs> Europe with me. Like that's standard for Jessica. But yeah, you're right. In this case, they're very much running away from that side of things. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank goodness I suppose oh god I know yeah <laughs> it's like it's a relief honestly <laughs> well she starts she decides her bedroom is too messy for a good friend and she starts giving a proper clean which obviously stuns Liz when she comes along and mm. uh, Jessica's very offended by Liz's surprise and um, Liz says okay pardon me you didn't mean to, to interrupt and Jessica says seriously of course I pardon you forgiveness is one of the greatest virtues Oh my this God. is like, uh, okay, uh, well, you're going to need that. <laughs> and on this transformative note, as Jessica emerges from uh, into her new form, we <laughs> would like to take a little break ourselves to tell you about another podcast in the Headstuff Stable. That's right. So yeah, this week uh, you should check out Phoning It In. Uh, it's a hilarious improvised phone-in show. So every week the host, uh, Dave Coffey, fields a collection of calls from a bunch of cranks, oddballs and weirdos. So what actually happens is that he's joined in the studio by regular guests. Uh, They're going to lend some expert advice to these callers, but the podcast actually features some of Ireland's best comedians and improv. uh, Improv artists, I guess? (laughs) It is an art. Uh, But they have no idea what they're actually getting themselves into until Dave introduces them on air. So they have no idea what they're meant to be talking about, what the story is, what the plan is, until it's literally (laughs) happening right then and there. So it's a wild old time. And uh, yeah, you can have a little listen now and see what you think. Phoning It In is back. Hello, my name is Dave Coffey and I'm the host of Phoning It In, the hilarious improvised phone-in show. 
Think Joe Duffy meets your favourite Irish comedians. Our first episode back is already out and features the young hot guys, Tony Cantwell, Shane Dan Byrne and Killian Sunderman. This season will also have lots of bonus material available on Headstuff Plus, including new improv style games with all your favourite guests. Phoning It In is available every fortnight wherever you get your podcasts and on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where Liz is wondering how Jessica always juggled lots of boys, pre-Sam, because she thinks she just has to tell Todd about Justin. But uh, before she can, um, Todd uh, tells her uh, that he saw something in the mall that kind uh, of had him stumped. Yeah, so he he saw a girl coming out of the shoe shop and he said he was about to call out Jessica before he realised it wasn't her. Um, and she's like, what do you mean? There was, there was two Jessicas. She's not really paying attention to what he's saying. Um, but yeah, he says that it wasn't that she really looked like Jessica, but there was something about her and the way she was dressed, the way she behaved. He said that really reminded him of Jessica. And he was kind of saying, you know how Jessica has that really weird sort of vague smile on her face all the time now. Uh-oh. Um, and Liz, this kind of snaps her back into reality. And she's like, oh, what did you say she was doing, this girl? And apparently she was collecting money. Um, so Liz is like, oh, well, you know, it, it couldn't be anything like Jessica then because Jessica spends money. She doesn't collect it. Mm. But um, he's about to kind of say something more about this when suddenly fucking Justin pops up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's such a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth had been telling herself that Justin was, you know, a bit too pushy because, you know, Liz's boyfriend, but he wasn't really mm. annoying or obnoxious, which he 100% has been. Oh, he but now he, pass, he surpasses himself because Todd says, how's it going? Told Justin glanced at Todd. Okay, Wilkins, how's it going with you? But before Todd could answer, his attention returned to Elizabeth. Oh and I don't say if the, ever there was a moment for the fists of fury. Seriously, knock the fucker out right now, Todd. Uh, yeah, this is so bad. Because, yeah, they're in town, like, running errands and sitting yeah. in the car, I think. So Justin's just, like, leaning in the window, ignoring Todd and just talking across him to Liz. Like, it's so rude. Oh, he's appalling. And he's like, hope you haven't forgotten practice. And they're both like, we'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he just continues to ignore Todd uh, the whole time. He was a lot more chill about it than I, ser- I would be if somebody was talking like Very. that to my other half. Exactly, yeah. Like, he's he's blatant with it. Like, it's really bad. Um, So uh, he says good-naturedly, well, you know, I was joking about Justin fancying you, but, like, this is going too far. Uh, But he says, like, he is 100% after you, but he taught his total faith there. He says, you know, but of course, I I know you never go behind my back. And this Mm. feels guilty. And now feels, oh, she can't tell him about the declaration of love because it happened several days ago when she has been keeping it a secret. Mm. so definitely drag it out even longer and make it worse ah, it's the sweet valley way <laughs> yeah. well back at the casa when uh, Jessica is supposedly off studying in the library again Ned, Alice and Liz discuss her strange behaviour and her new look um, it's quite a change from her old style because apparently she has always said she'd rather be dead than drab well no she's really um yeah uh not doing that no. <laughs> lately but um yeah ned then uh apparently <gasps> his, his thoughts are elsewhere and ah. he mentioned something interesting that came up at work that day so he's like did i tell you about this new group in town <gasps> uh so he's like yes they call themselves the good friends uh and he explains that they're one of these communities that are built on love and understanding um that they spend all their time raising money for different charities and at first liz is like well what's wrong with that uh, you know, that all sounds okay to me. Um, but 
yeah, Ned is like, you know, in theory, that's fine. No one has any problems with that. But apparently there's loads of rumours going around that not all the charities that the group say uh, they work uh, with are registered. And yeah. several of the reputable charities that are registered have never heard of the Good Friends. So apparently Ned and his extremely vague law firm that are involved <laughs> in all kinds of things are now apparently investigating the Good Friends uh, <laughs> Because of uh, these charities who, who whose names are being used by the group. Yes. So yeah, that's what's going on there. And Ned tells that apparently this group's leader, Adam Marvel, as he calls himself, is quite <laughs> a manipulator. And they think that he's uh, been setting his group up all over the country under different names. And some people even think he may be starting a cult. A cult, Elizabeth gasped, here in Sweet Valley? But that's impossible! <laughs> Is it though, Liz? I mean, I mean really. <laughs> there's a lot of shit that's happened in this town. I mean, this should not be beyond the bounds of plausibility. Extremely, yeah. Of course, Jessica isn't there to hear this because she's no. probably a good friend. So yeah, she's missed this part of the conversation. So later, Liz is at bowling practices and she manages to focus solely on the sport, not her complicated feelings. But afterwards, when she and Todd started goofing around, she notices Justin staring at them with like a look of anguish on his face. Like, oh. fuck off, Justin. God, someone throw a bowling ball at him, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have all fancied people who didn't fancy us, Justin. And most of us keep it to ourselves when it's very <laughs> obvious our feelings are not returned. You don't go around with a fucking pained expression staring at them like, Jesus, have a bit of dignity, will you? Oh, when I would literally have rather died than have somebody (laughs) I fancied who didn't fancy me know I like them. I would not. Just have some pride in yourself, man. Absolutely not. Like, Jesus, where is the self-respect? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Liz and Todd uh, go to the Dairy Burger and Todd is wondering, like, oh, sorry, maybe I overreacted earlier on. I wouldn't much think I'm one of those macho, possessive types. And um, (laughs) (laughs) before Liz can answer, Sam bangs on the window. (laughs) There he is. He's back banging on window frames. (laughs) Really unnecessarily, because then he runs in. I know, there was no need at all. Because he's like, wait there, as if they were about to leave. But like, they've literally just gotten there. Chill out, Sam. And also, they left. uh, You'd see them at the door. I know, really. Like, there's no need for all this drama. But um, (laughs) yeah, he he runs in and says he's been going nuts trying to find Jessica. Uh, And he then says he was going to follow her after school that day. By the time he got to the school, she was gone. Uh, and Liz's like what do you mean follower what are you talking about and she's like you know Jessica went to Lila's for supper tonight Uh-oh. and Sam is like mm, I don't know if she did I, I doubt that very much Elizabeth um, so Liz is like well what do you mean so Sam then explains uh, all about the fight that he and Jess had the day before where she kept lying about where she was and that she's been avoiding him uh. and he just kind of says look I'm just really worried about her um, because you know I, I wouldn't have ever expected her to lie to me like this uh, so Liz kind of starts to worry herself then she's like oh shit okay maybe you know maybe Jessica is just sneaking out to see some other boy but still mm. she wasn't gonna say that to Sam no but um yeah she kind of says look you know you, there's probably no need to worry you know Jessica she goes through phases um but uh yeah Sam just isn't convinced or he's no. not uh he's he's not calmed by any of this and he's just like no I think something's up and he's still mm. he's still on the case well later Liz and Todd acknowledge that Jessica you know yeah possibly is she when they're on the road without Sam they sort of say ah, maybe it is somebody else and Todd is like well look just ask her but Liz says that Jessica is in such weird mood recently she might bite her head off so when Jessica gets home Liz decides she's going to kind of break the ice before rather than dive right in with um, mm. you know uh, what have you been up to we know you've been lying yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah she thinks uh, she's got the perfect icebreaker 
Yeah, well, she reasons uh, that there's nothing Jessica likes better than some good gossip. Uh-huh. So she reckons the perfect anecdote to to get her on side is to tell her all about this new cult in Sweet <gasps> Valley. <laughs> I mean, she does. Th- she rightly thinks that in normal times, uh, Jessica would be delighted by such mm. a scandalous tale. But Jessica gets really angry. Um, oh, she no. insists the good friends aren't a cult. And when Jessica, when Liz is like, uh, how do you know? Like, how do you know anything about them? Jessica's like, oh, I've heard all about their good works. You always see them around raising money for cancer research, the homeless, orphans, things like that. And Liz is like, <laughs> there are very, lot of different causes. Like, but the fact that they seem to just do stuff for randomly different things fits in with what Ned heard about them, like scamming those ch- different random charities. But yes. the, Jessica, <laughs> there's no time for this and stomps off to bed. More stomping. Elizabeth <laughs> is suspicious. Mm, very. So on Saturday, uh, Le- Jessica leaves early, claiming there's like some big cheerleading conference summit. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the AGM for cheerleaders of California. <laughs> well, it's happening at Big Mesa. And when she leaves, Liz rings Lila and asks, look, do you know what's keeping Jess so busy? Um, at the moment like where's she going off to and an aggrieved Lila says that she barely sees Jessica anymore they go through a number of things that you know Jessica supposedly was um, out with Lila and Liz realises that she's been lying for weeks Mm -hmm. so all her her outings with with Lila with PBAs with you know anything to do with with school has uh, is is all you know a cover story but for what (gasps) so Meanwhile, uh, Jessica ta- like on the, has headed off, of course, to the good friends. And on the way, she hides her cheerleading stuff in the boot in case Susan makes a jibe about <laughs> it. Uh, because apparently Susan's still like a bit uh, snarky around her and keeps interrupting whenever she's alone with Adam. Yeah, she's sure that uh, a few times Susan has kind of followed her through the house trying to get her on her own, but Jess keeps mm. managing to avoid her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's she's still very much uh, suspicious of Susan and her her narky ways. Mm. So uh, yeah, she's uh, she she's she thinks that you know everything that Adam has said is about other people not understanding things is right because Liz was obviously wrong and so was Ned. And for a split second, she remembers the whole taking money out of the collection box to buy crisps but she dismisses it. But then she has a new worry. She thinks, what if Adam becomes angry with her because of what Ned's firm are doing to him? No. Yeah. So she worries now that like, what if, what if uh, all of this investigating turns people against Adam and the good friends? And what if they destroy all the good work that the guys have been doing? Um, So she's worried now that Adam will be mad at her because it's Ned's firm that are doing the investigating. Uh, And she worries now that Adam might ask her to stay away from the group. And what if he decides to leave town? This will be a total disaster. (gasps) Well, uh, when she arrives at the good friend's abode, most of them are out doing their collections, but the remaining friends, like Annie, fawn all over her. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, we miss you so much when you're not there. Most people will be creeped out by this, but this is like, uh, Jessica just takes people being, you're so amazing. Everything's so boring when you're not here. We're so excited to see you, a person we've only known for a couple of weeks. Um, she just takes that as her due. Well, this is it. Like, this is her ideal situation. And it's exactly how to <laughs> how to get Jessica, you know, on your side is yeah. just to tell her how great she is. Like, that's all it takes. Mm. <laughs> so she says she needs to talk to Adam. And the others are like, oh, he's working in his room. You can't disturb him when he's working in, her, in his room. But she's like, no, no, we won't mind this. So she knocks mm. on his door and a gruff, impatient voice says, go away. You know the <laughs> rules. 
Yeah, so it's 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 the voice is so rough. It's so different to how Adam usually sounds that she wonders for a second if she's knocked on the wrong door, but she's like, no, no, this is definitely his room. Uh, so she kind of calls and she's like, Adam, uh, it's me, Jessica. And then suddenly he's back to himself and he's like, oh, Jessica, why didn't you say it was you? So she tries the door, but it's locked. Uh, and Adam's like, oh, wait a minute, I'll be right there. Um, yeah, so he opens the door and says, you know, I'm so sorry. I thought you were one of the others uh, because you see, she's special. She's she's not like the others. Mm. But, um, yeah, so like says, you know, members. And- <laughs> oh, God, I know. So, uh, yeah, he just says, you know, if I, if I don't make a few rules, there'll be somebody wanting something from me every minute of the day. Um, so Jess is like, oh, you know, no, I, I totally understand. But um, yeah, so she tells him all about the um, the investigation, yeah, and, everything she's and what's heard. going on. Yeah, all all the rumors that Ned has heard. But uh, and Adam like listens intently, uh, doesn't really say anything. But then when she's done, uh, kind of says, you know, this sort of thing has happened before because we're so honest and trusting ourselves. Uh, I'm afraid people sometimes take advantage of us. So she's like, oh, you mean like phony charities? So he's kind of making it sound now like that it's dodgy charities that are you know giving them a bad name. Yeah. Um, so Jessica's like, oh, I knew I knew my dad was wrong. Um, so Adam's like, oh, you know, don't say wrong. He's misguided. You know, mm. people just believe what they want to believe uh, and just insist that uh, that they're genuine. And if they end up working with a charity that turns out to be dodgy, they sever all connections with them. And apparently that's he's been checking up on all these kind of things this morning. And that's what he was working mm. at so busily in his locked room, apparently. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, it's all like other people just don't like anything that's different. So they want to blame us for all these things that go wrong in their mm. own you know, organizations, blame us for their internal fraudsters, like somebody in siphons money off so it's basically they're the scapegoats no one understands them they're so special and uh you know um and part of that is false accusations about them being a cult and adam is like Mm -hmm. and jessica thinks oh yes i know it all makes sense to me now so she's (laughs) totally assuaged later when todd arrives to take liz to bowling she's in an absolute state and she tells him all about you know this web of lies and um Todd says, look, this can't be, this must be a mistake. Um, Jessica Mick can get carried away now and again, but I can't believe she joined a cult. Um, <laughs> because to Liz, it seems pretty obvious that that's what Jessica's big secret um, yes. has been. Then Sam arrives in a state as usual. <laughs> Poor Sam is just in a state of panic for this entire book, yeah. pretty much. He's always running up to people and going, come on, everybody, it's upset. <laughs> Oh God, like he almost falls in the doorway apparently when Liz opens the door for him here. He, he's in an absolute mess. So yeah, he's uh, he yeah he's talking so quickly that she doesn't even know what he's saying at first. Um, and then he says, I knew something weird was going on and I was right. Um, so she wonders what, what he's found out. And he said that he followed her when she left home that morning um, and says, you know, you've got to come with me now this very minute. So they all hop into the car and head out and Sam brings them to the house on Cedar Street. <gasps> yes and they can't believe like they're like just go never turn up, go to this <laughs> part of town yeah uh and, and actually it's not until Liz sees the car that she's like oh she no. did oh my god yeah um so uh yeah they've obviously they tell Sam they've told Sam all about the cult and he's like look there's nobody in the house now but we have to wait for her to come back and then we'll confront her but Liz thinks if they confront her there and then that'll just push her into the cult's arms Todd rightly says they should tell her parents. Oh my but, God, this is so ridiculous. Uh, yes, yes, you should. And listen to Todd for <laughs> once. <laughs> Todd is yeah. the most sensible person in this book. 
who would have thought like this is so unlike him but yeah he's really the voice of reason and yeah Liz is just like nope that won't work I know Jessica if we drag her parents into this she'll think everyone's against her and there's no telling what she'll do and like I do get the logic that like she will feel like she's being ganged up on and all but seriously you, your sister is in a cult tell your yes. fucking parents like <laughs> with some your sister in like is hanging around with the uh, person your father is investigating <laughs> I know, seriously, come on. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, they uh, they decide, she decides that she'll talk to Jessica alone later on. Yeah. And she does when Jessica gets home, but uh, of course Jessica loses the rag and Liz is like, okay, fine, you say they're not a cult. Well, tell me what they are, you know, let me, under- help me understand Um hmm what is so appealing about these people and of course Jessica gets all culty and spends literally <laughs> 30 minutes praising Adam and the good friends oh my god <laughs> like it is literally yeah just a tribute to them and all the good works they do mm. so um yeah so she says how how wonderful it makes her feel to be working with them and she feels mm. useful for the first time in her life uh and like it is quite funny because Liz is like Liz couldn't argue with the fact that Jessica's old friends such as Lila and Amy were pretty self-centered and shallow uh, I know I do like that she's like, yeah. oh, I guess there's no the she's not completely not wrong. wrong there has to be a happy medium between being a snobby bitch and joining a cult like there's some <laughs> middle ground surely um and like she can't argue with Jessica about there being anything wrong with you know she can't tell her well it's obviously wrong to help other people but yeah um Jessica promises that she, if Liz doesn't tell their parents, she will drop the good friends immediately if it turns out that there's any truth to what Ned was saying. Yes. And Liz accepts this. Mm. But she is still worried. And a few days later, she tells Liz, she tells Enid all. And mm. uh, Enid does say, it really, seems really weird to be worried about Jessica because she's dedicating herself to doing good. <laughs> and it says <laughs> Jessica that that's the sign that she's been brainwashed. Oh my god, that is gas. <laughs> well, Liz wishes she could find out herself what the cult is really like, because she knows she can't trust whatever nonsense Jessica spouts. And Eden says, mm. you can't exactly knock on the door and say, hi, I'm Jessica's sister. I want to see for myself if you're running a cult here. But of course you can! Well, of course, yes, just drop the sister part, because Yay! it's time for a twin switch, baby! <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> so later she meets Sam and Todd and they come up with the plan that Sam will keep Jessica busy the ne- tomorrow night uh, while mm. Liz infiltrates the good friends and <gasps> Todd will lurk outside the good friends house in the unlikely <laughs> event she needs some help oh poor Todd he's very worried about Liz with all this and quite reluctant about the plan because uh, yeah. he's like you know it, just, it bothers me that we know so little about them what if they have some crazy nickname <laughs> for Jessica these people do that a lot you know they might call her Shahina or Bright Star or something <laughs> I fucking wish if only <laughs> I want Jessica to have a new cult name oh god imagine <laughs> and she's like look we've done so- we've done this like a million times before true they have and uh you know, so she's used to sort of winging it as a hmm. in a Jessica impersonation. Um, yes. Besides, he'll be outside if anything goes wrong, and he's like, "Oh, sure, Todd Wilkins and his killer tennis racket, and don't forget <laughs> the fists of fury." Of course, yeah. But like poor Todd, he does say, "Like you've never done it in this sort of situation before." What if they kidnap you? Have you thought of that? And it's like, well, Todd, it wouldn't be the first time. She no. is well used to being kidnapped. So I mean, she's probably been kidnapped more than she's done twin switches at this stage. Like. True. 
Oh, well, um, she uh, late, she's she's just determined to do it, but um, she also apparently kind of pressures Jessica into going out with Sam by saying that you know, look, I'm basically like I've been keeping your secret about the cult, so uh, you should pay Sam some attention. Not really sure how this mm. works, but it does. So <laughs> yeah. Jessica is kind of unwillingly getting ready for a date with them. And she's annoyed that she's missing discussion night at the Good Friends. Oh, God. <laughs> she says she could be, maybe she's missing something really interesting. And uh, Liz says, you used to think Sam was really interesting. And then Jessica snaps, I used to think Ken and Barbie were really interesting too. <laughs> wow. Poor Sam. I mean, there is a resemblance, I guess. Well, that is true. <laughs> so when she leaves for her date, Liz dresses in dowdy duds and Todd gives her a lift to the good friends and she walks right in and everybody is like, oh, Jessica, oh, it's amazing to see you. Because Liz is like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so Adam appears. And she's struck by his handsomeness and his penetrating gaze. Oh, my goodness. So Adam begins their discussion evening, which is basically him saying how important loyalty and selflessness are, and everybody agreeing with him and telling him how right she is. Like she's thinking, like this is what this is a discussion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because he just goes through the group one by one to ask what they think, and they're all just like, "Yes, we agree," and that's the extent of the discussing, basically. Um, so Liz is just kind of she's kind of horrified by just how kind of dead-eyed everybody is and everyone yeah. has this weird vague smile like no one really has much to say for themselves all they do uh-huh. is just agree with Adam um so when it comes to her then or he asks you know Jessica what uh, what she thinks um she's like oh yeah everything you said is totally true um so she kind of feels she feels a bit nervy still though because he's kind oh, of watching yeah. her and she feels like she kind of has a mad notion that he knows it's not really Jessica or something. Oh. Um, because he's just, he's he's a bit intimidating, I suppose, as well as everything else. But um, yeah, she's a bit creeped out by the whole thing and just feels like she needs to get out of there at this stage. Yeah, and she does uh, at one stage say, um, how is it possible to be afraid of someone who smiled so much? <laughs> Very sinister. So creepy. <laughs> But Mm. then some of the other good friends arrive. They've all worked up because it turns out that a a group of them had been out collecting money when uh, Brian disappeared. (gasps) Yeah, they lost him. Uh, Apparently they were at the shopping mall and uh, they just, yeah, he disappeared. They don't know how how he went missing or or what happened. Uh, And Adam is like, well, there must be some logical explanation, you know, and they're like, we looked everywhere. We had him paged. He vanished. Uh, but Adam, like he's smiling the whole time, but Liz is kind of watching him and she can see like his eyes are cold and his oh, his, his fists yeah. are like clenched so tightly, his knuckles are white. Like Adam <gasps> is fucking scary, but he's got this calm exterior the whole time. So uh, she feels like he sounds really threatening when he kind of says to one of the guys, well, Daryl, you're going to have to find him, aren't you? <gasps> um, so, yeah, it's all a bit weird and tense. Uh, so they they have to head off to go look for, for Brian. Um, but Adam says that in case he comes back, he says, Susan, Jessica and I will stay here and the rest of you go back to the mall with Daryl. Uh, and he says, don't come back without him. But um, yeah. yeah, so they, yeah, they all head off in the van again. But Adam, I think, goes out to them outside for a second. So it's just her and Susan alone just for a couple of minutes. Yes. And when it is her and Susan alone, um, uh, Susan's dark eyes are filled with fear. She (gasps) whispers, get out of here and don't come back now before it's too late. Oh, God. This is really kind of 
scary and exciting. Yeah, this bit, I have to cool. say, like, them. this is great. Um, so Liz is kind of shocked. She's like, what do you mean? What's going on? But before she kind of can ask her anymore, the front door slams shut and there's Adam. He's back again and she sees Susan flinching. Yeah. Um, when he's like oh what are you two whispering about he asks in a soft easy voice uh but liz kind of thinks quickly and says oh i was teasing susan about wanting to go along because she has a crush on brian um so adam kind of you know chides her gently and is like oh you know better than that jessica you know good friends don't get crushes do they susan um Uh... but liz is still freaked and feels like he just looks very menacing uh when he's looking at susan and she can see that susan is kind of feeling the same way so it's all very creepy and weird (laughs) yeah so it's um Every, everything about this is mm. kind of horrible. Um, yeah. And uh, she can see the menace in his eyes. So she knows that all her fears about the good friends have been confirmed. Yes. So, meanwhile, Jessica uh, or Sam leave the film um, that they've been to see, which Jessica didn't enjoy because it was so shallow. She's irritated by <laughs> Sam and his superficial ways. Aww. And then <laughs> is just enragingly patronising towards him. <laughs> Oh, she's so mean to him. Like, he, he deserves so much better than this. He does. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, she said. Yeah, she says that the film was shallow, uh, but she can tell that Sam thought it was really good. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, she can say she says to him, then, you know, I can see why you liked it. That sort of humor appeals to people who want to escape from reality. And Sam's kind of like, you think I'm trying to escape from reality? Like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, you know, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just a little immature. <laughs> So yeah. was like, okay, uh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, so uh, he suggests a burger or a pizza, but she's like, oh, I'm tired. So Sam mm. is not happy. Mm. Meanwhile, Todd urges Liz to just tell your fucking parents because you oh. know this is a cult. Please. But, <laughs> and, uh, and Liz, even though she has suspicions that Adam is going to try and push Jessica into moving in with them, um. She won't. She says she needs to make Jesse the truth about the good friends on her own, which oh is God. very stupid of her. Seriously, tell your fucking parents. Oh, God. Well, that night she has nightmares about Adam, so she's determined to confront Jessica the next day. Uh, but when she goes into Jessica's room, she finds her reading, looking really perfect and sort of plain <laughs> and uh, in a nice, tidy room. And um, <laughs> she then she thinks she has no proof to offer Jessica, so she doesn't say anything. Oh, this is so stupid. But it's literally like she sees Jessica acting like her. So she's like, maybe this isn't so bad for Jessica. <laughs> maybe being an adult is just the right thing for her. <laughs> now that she's oh. more like me. Just... <laughs> Sanctimonious bitch. <laughs> maybe I'll just leave her in a uh, in a cult from now on and mm. just enjoy it. Because, uh, oh you know, it's peaceful. Um, <laughs> But uh, she goes downtown to help Enid get her mom a birthday present. And as they shop, Enid's like, I think somebody's following us. And Liz immediately thinks of Adam. And uh, then thinks, oh, my God, he's, you know, he's had, he thinks, oh, he's had you followed by one of the good friends. And he's planning to kidnap you and take you away (gasps) with him. But then thinks, Elizabeth Wakefield, you're not in a mystery novel. You're in Sweet Valley, California. Things like that don't happen here. For no day, you've been kidnapped twice, bitch. Oh my god, I laughed so much at this line. At this point, my notes just say, Yeah, you're not in a mystery novel, except for when you are actually in a mystery novel. <laughs> Multiple mystery novels. There are so many offshoot mystery novels that you're in. <laughs> and yeah, like seriously, a cult is the least of your worries as someone who's regularly fucking kidnapped. So, like, yeah. come on, dude. <laughs> 
I mean, how is like you literally got put in a boot thanks to Jessica about fifteen bucks ago? Of course, things like that happen here. Come on, Liz. <laughs> what is going on with her memory? Oh, well, uh, they drive off, and Eden says, "Look, they're being followed by a silver Porsche." And this mm. reassures Liz because she has good friends living in a dump; they couldn't afford a Porsche. But um, <laughs> yeah. Eden points out, Adam, if Adam's been like siphoning all that money off like the collections he could have paid Ooh. for a dozen with his ill-gotten gains very true yes when they arrive at the dairy burger and when they've settled in Enid uh, who is clearly freaked out says that she's seen the Porsche drive up and it was driven by someone with blonde hair a little long silver sunglasses and the profile of a Greek god <laughs> <laughs> seriously that butterfly net is just waiting to come out <laughs> You'd want to be careful she doesn't collapse eyes on him. <laughs> He'll be in that basement quicker than he realises. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Liz obviously thinks this is Adam. And then Eden's yeah. like, oh my God, he's coming in because she can see the door and uh, Liz is back to it. And they both hide yes. under the table. And uh, <laughs> it's not Adam, it's another stalker. It's the equally frightening Justin Silver. <laughs> uh, yeah. Indeed, st- and he admits he basically stalked them all the way from town. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this fucking guy. Um, yeah, because he kind of laughs when he finds her like hiding under the table. He's like, what are you doing under there? Um, and he says, it turns out he's got an enormous bunch of flowers. Uh, and he says, I know you said you weren't in. I know you said you weren't interested in me, but this is a little extreme. Sorry, this is a little extreme. You're literally fucking stalking her yes. after she told you she's not interested and has a boyfriend. So he basically followed her from town to give her these flowers that she didn't fucking want or ask for uh, oh to apologize God. if he's offended her and to beg you to come back to bowling. I missed you last night. Oh. And Liz just laughs like mad because she's so relieved it's not Adam here to murder her. But like, oh. Justin is just as fucking frightening. Like these guys, oh my God, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I swear to God, it's just, like... <sighs> And and she like the fact she just laughs it off really enraged oh my me. God. Yeah, me too. Because he literally followed her all the way from yeah. town and is like, oh, oh, aren't I hilarious? Like, no, you're fucking frightening. Get away from me. <laughs> Creepy <laughs> as like, I swear to God, the fact that it's such a terrible, genuinely, it's such a terrible message to send to young mm. readers that like this is just kind of funny when somebody won't take no for an answer, literally, repeatedly, <gasps> and literally. Uh, stalks you through the streets mm-hmm. yeah this is totally fine well we cut to that light at the Casadale Wakefield where Ned gives a good friend's update so it turns out that uh, the family of uh, one of the brainwashed members had been trying to get him out of the cult but to every objection they raised he would just repeat over and over, over <gasps> Adam says or Adam told us or that's what Adam said you would say but now they've snatched him and of course it's Brian <gasps> oh. It is. Oh my god! Yeah. So they managed to to grab him in the shopping mall. I guess they had to abduct their own child back from the cult. <laughs> well, um, yeah. As soon as they've basically deprogrammed him, they'll bring him back to Sweet Valley to testify against Adam. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Uh, Ned reckons with what they've managed to get on Adam so far, and what they think Brian will be able to tell them, we'll be able to put Mister Marvel away for quite some time. Because again, Ned is now some kind of prosecution. He's a DA. I don't know what he does. I, he's <laughs> Sure, why not? I thought it was like land stuff. I don't know what the fuck this man does. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, criminal law, family law, land law, who knows? He's all over it. All your bases are covered. He's a one-stop <laughs> shop for the law. <laughs> well, Jessica is obviously stunned by this. And after dinner when the twins are alone, Liz says, OK, this proves that the good friends are dodge. But of course, Jessica's like, oh, it's all subjective. They just, it's just their mm. word against the Adams. And Liz yeah. reveals what she did the night before and how she saw Adam manipulate the group. But... um Jessica's like, oh, just Susan's just jealous of me. She's tried to get me out of the picture. But Liz is like, Adam was scary and I am scared for you. And hmm. Jessica thinks that Liz doesn't understand this because she wasn't a total person. Oh, it's very Scientology or something. All this yeah. total person stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so Jessica, to placate Liz, tells her that uh, she'll stay away from the good friends until, you know, it's proven they haven't done anything wrong. Of course, it's all a lie because like, that night or maybe the next day off she goes to tell Adam all. Oh, oh Jessica. Yeah, uh. straight away. Uh, yeah, she says that uh, she knew Elizabeth meant well, but Jessica also knew that staying away from the good friends would really do her harm. So this is why she lied to Liz about never going to them again uh, and why she lied to her parents about having another date with Sam that night. Uh. So, uh, yeah, she tells Adam all and um, he, she, he says that Jessica has to help them get Brian back and it's all like, but none of us know Brian's parents. We don't know what they look like. We don't know where they live. Hint, hint, hint. And then Jessica's like, oh, I can find out where they live. My dad must have the address at his desk at home. And uh, Adam is delighted um, and says that they really need Brian back because they're one good friend down. Susan had to leave because her mother was sick. Mm. So that night, uh, Jessica waits until Ned and Alice are asleep and then she gets Brian's family's details from Ned's <gasps> Rolodex. Uh-oh. The next morning, Liz comes out, or comes down to breakfast, looking more pretty than usual, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Surely that's not even possible. <laughs> oh, well, apparently it is. And it's not, uh, it's it's a special occasion. Her mother thinks she must be going on a date with Todd, but no. Oh God, yeah. So the, she, well, we're told uh, that she's uh. meeting Justin, but not as a date, of course, only as friends. He had pleaded so hard and so eloquently to her for a little time together alone that she had finally relented. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, the Horrific. messages just get worse and worse. It's so bad oh my it's god like I, I mean maybe in a way they at least how it works out show that this isn't a good idea but really Justin does not get the comeuppance he deserves not at all no so um yeah she uh she feels that she owes him this which she doesn't and yeah. they meet in a cafe in the mall near the artificial waterfall they literally <laughs> right. some water features you have to be near moving water on a date or else it's going to go terribly <laughs> Well, despite the beautiful setting, Liz is bored and restless because Justin is ner really nervous, but just talks about himself the whole time, about his sporting mm. skills and camping trips. That's, yeah, all he does is bang on about himself. And like anytime he asks her a question, like it's oh. all really shallow, superficial stuff. Like all he, like he can ask her a question and she kind of starts to answer. But then he's like, have you always been so beautiful? Uh, which is such uh, a fucking weird thing to say to somebody. And he interrupts he keeps her to say this. To say this. This is the thing. Yeah. And he keeps complimenting her, but like in a weird way that just uh. kind of 
doesn't actually let her talk. So all yeah. he does is tell her how hot she is. And it's it's really annoying because she's yeah. she's trying to talk to him. So he's either just talking about himself or just banging on about how beautiful she is, which is, you know, obviously annoying because she's like, there is actually more to me than how I look. You know, yes. I am actually a person with hobbies and opinions and stuff. So she's actually having a terrible time on this date and also realizes that, you know, she thought she was going for brunch with a friend, whereas he is very clearly seeing this as a date. Yeah. Uh, which in front she should have seen but um, I mean yeah that was kind of obvious <laughs> but he is gross and uh, I wish Todd would unleash the fists I, I mean just, Liz could unleash the fists too somebody should just someone can a random passerby unleash a fist I just <laughs> I just want this man to be shoved into the artificial waterfall is that too much to ask <laughs> least he deserves so in desperation she suggests they take a walk through the mall and uh, as he talks about famous people he'd almost met <laughs> I love that it's almost met yeah. not even actually met that's a great detail <laughs> but then Liz sees one of the good friends Yes, she spots Annie, who's the kind of quiet girl who's obsessed with Jessica. And mm. uh, she spots her with her little collection bucket um, outside one of the shops. But she sees this security guard talking to her and she hears Annie kind of shouting that she doesn't have ID and she doesn't need it. She's a good friend. Oh, so Liz no. kind of sees this and she's like, oh, Christ. OK, so she's like, OK, I need to get out of here because she's worried now that Annie will spot her and think she's Jessica. Uh, so she kind of has to to run in the opposite direction, um, but also realizes that the way Annie was acting reminded her so much of Jessica. How yeah. Like, furious and defensive she was when the guards oh, came up no. to question her like at all or said anything critical about Adam or the group uh, so she just she just kind of runs and Justin is a bit worried he's like what's going on um, but she kind of realizes that she's like she's here with him and she's like oh god yeah he looks concerned but that's not enough so she's like this is going to take too much to explain to Justin and she just finds herself wishing she was with Todd rather than this yeah. guy um, and uh, understandably enough Very much. so <laughs> we cut to the good friend's house because Jessica's arrived at the address and Adam like snatches out of her pants like oh mm. where is it and says that they're going to get Brian tomorrow night and Jessica's like well the police will cop on who you know who took him if he disappears but Adam <laughs> says that's why we all have to leave Sweet Valley <sighs> Oh my God. Yeah. So she's shocked by this. She's like, you mean go somewhere else? And he's like, yes, we need to start again somewhere new. All of it. All of us. Uh, think of it, Jessica. A new life. Nothing from the past to stop you from being everything you want to be. Oh God. So um, yeah, Jessica does kind of think, you know, God, maybe a new life where no one expects me to be anything I don't want to be and I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. People really need me and depend on me. So she kind of likes the sound of it a little bit. And Adam keeps kind of talking her into what a good idea it is. He's like, you know, now that Susan's gone, I don't know what I'd do without you. Please say you'll come with us. Um, Yeah. So she's, she kind of thinks a little bit about uh, how her parents will react, um, that they just think of her as a kid. All this kind of stuff, but um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's not looking good. Yes, no, it really isn't. Um, so uh, yeah, well, that night she um, she's she feigns illness as she cancels a date with Sam, and mm. um, as she packs, she feels a sigh of regret when she realizes she has to leave her bikinis, her party dresses, and her blow dryer <laughs> behind. Oh no, yeah, she kind of picks up the hairdryer and holds it for a few seconds and then puts it down thinking, Adam would probably say that total people could exist without a blow dryer. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, she has a moment of sadness when she sees a photo of her and Liz, but then she sort of girds her loins and heads off on her big adventure. Oh. That night, Liz feels absolutely unnecessarily guilty. She thinks she was unfair to Justin, expecting him to be oh like Todd. And she'd been unfair God. to Jessica. You haven't been unfair to anybody. 
to literally anyone. <laughs> oh my oh, God, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so annoying. Well, then Sam Wings looking for Jessica. And Liz is like, uh, isn't she on a date with you? And they realize it's another lie. And then they're mm. like, okay, fuck. This is, she's, you know, she's gone to the good friends. Um, uh, yeah. And maybe this is for good. So she calls Todd and say they have to go uh, to the good friend's house. And, and they were told, Todd, Elizabeth has added almost as an afterthought. I think you better get the police. <gasps> Love that it's an afterthought. I know, yeah, and still no parents told. Oh, God, no. Well, Between the cops before the parents. <laughs> I mean, it is the Sweet Valley way. Oh, so, God. meanwhile, Jessica has arrived at the good friend's house. She's got a shock. The place is stripped bare. It's completely emptied out. Yeah, there's nothing on the walls. The nice Indian spreads are all gone from the windows. Uh, and it kind of reminds her of the first time she turned up there when she was about to turn around and go because... Oh. Uh, this is not the uh, the warm and happy place that she <laughs> remembers it being. But uh, yeah, Adam, Ted and Annie are sitting in the living room together all ready to go. So she's like, what's going on? Where is everybody? I thought we were all going. And Adam explains that some of the others have gone on ahead in rented cars. Mm. But there's enough room in the van for the four of them and all their things. Um, yeah, so he's yeah. like, right, let's let's do this thing. <laughs> um, and Jessica thinks does have a bit of a you know a moment of like oh shit okay this is serious but she thinks she can't back out now so she says she'll follow them in her car but Adam laughs coldly and says but you can't bring the fish they'd be able to trace it immediately we'd never get away and Jessica realises she's not embarking on an adventure she's escaping like a criminal no, yeah, the reality of the situation kind of hits home mm. eventually to her now, and she's like, "Okay, this is actually serious, and yeah. if there's going to be cops involved, maybe I shouldn't get into this van with this strange yeah. man." No, maybe the, the whole getting into a van part should be a tip off. Yeah. Not <laughs> maybe not. Well, <laughs> yeah. well uh, she does remember like the collection money and stuff, but um, as she's just having this moment of uh, of nervousness, um, like Adam grabs her arm. And growls. Mm. <laughs> Goes, come yeah, on, he, Jessica. He kind of marches her out the door and down towards the van. Um, so she's kind of standing there, kind of slightly dazed, I think, or she feels like she's yeah. sleepwalking. Um, but yeah, he's got them all marched outside uh, at the van with all their bags and stuff. And uh, suddenly headlights sweep across them and a car comes <gasps> to a halt at the end of the driveway. And it's Liz. She's running yeah. towards Jessica, telling her not to go. And Adam's trying to shove Jessica in the van. And it's like, oh, she's, she's one of them. You can't listen to her. But Liz shrieks, I'm not one of them. I'm your sister. Adam's trying to alienate you from everyone who loves you. He's using you. And Jessica screams. There's a lot of screaming. And Jessica's like, oh, the <laughs> the good friends need me. Jessica screamed, <laughs> I'm important to them. <laughs> oh god <laughs> but Elizabeth whispers hoarsely but you're important to us I need you and then who should appear well it's Sam because uh, he yeah everyone turns at once because there's a shout uh, from behind them so it's Sam coming out of the porch with a lifeless form in his arms and he's <gasps> like how do you how do you explain this Mr. Marvel <gasps> and Jess realises that Susan is in his arms and Annie freaks out going oh my god she's dead she's dead but Sam explains that she's not dead but he says look she might have been if I hadn't found her so she was upstairs tied up and gagged <gasps> and unconscious yes well Adam's like I was fine let her get the van Jessica but <laughs> Fucking hell, Adam. <laughs> he's very brazen, isn't he? Oh, he is. But anyway, it's too late because for once the Sweet Valley High police have done their jobs and have turned up to stop a kid. Oh my God. It's so unlike them, isn't it? Very. Well, I mean, it would be like them to have one person turning up like a day later. But uh, yeah. here they are. 
Um, oh and God. we cut to the Castle Town Wakefield where we're told Susan has completely recovered from the incident at the Good Friends. Adam Marvel was in jail and Susan was explaining to them how all the pieces fit together. <gasps> because what is Susan's secret? Oh my God, all this time she was an undercover reporter. Yes. Amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, she's uh, that's why she was trying to sort of turn Jessica off the whole thing because uh, that's why she was being surly she was hoping to s- scare Jessica away scare her off yeah. she does say that Jessica wasn't a typical victim which is I guess is true she wasn't as vulnerable as most of the people Adam ensnares because a lot of them were like runaways or people from you know more uh difficult backgrounds so Adam had to work twice as hard to capture her trust yeah so Jessica says that she was obviously feeling pretty unloved and Sam uh, takes some blame for that and realizes that maybe he should have seen how unhappy and depressed she was being grounded but um yeah she says well look you came through for me in the end and she apologizes for lying to everybody apologies from Jessica what a miracle (laughs) I would have thought and then speaking of, of apologies, Todd completely unnecessarily apologizes to Liz, Liz about Justin in case uh, he was to, he thinks, oh, well, if you know, if you were, uh, if your head was turned by him even for a second, if you were flattered by him, maybe I was taking you for granted. And uh, really, Todd, you have nothing to apologize for because it sounds <laughs> like you weren't taking her for granted. And Justin was just a creep who doesn't understand boundaries. Oh my God, but seriously. <laughs> all's well between them. And uh, the only person who isn't happy is Stephen. Yeah, he's uh, he's home for the weekend. And when he sees all these happy couples together, he kind of shakes his head. And uh, Liz is like, what's the matter, Stephen? Aren't you part of a happy couple? But uh, he says, yeah, Cara and I have never been happier. The only thing is she's going to London next week. Uh, and Liz is like, but sure, she's only going for a week. But Stephen's like, oh, I know. I don't know why, but I'm dreading it. <gasps> Psychic Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> Guess so. It's kind of the implication. It is a bit, isn't it? Like, why why would he be dreading it? She's only going to London for a week with her mum. Relax. Well, that's the end of Kidnapped by the Cult. That's it. Yeah, that was so good. So good. Can you read us out? Find out what's in store for Cara and Stephen in Sweet Valley High number 83, Stephen's Bride. Well, listeners, uh, what did you think of this... uh, of this dramatic tale uh, <laughs> do let us know because you know we love hearing from you um you can email us at uh svhpodcast at gmail.com you can we're on instagram at svhpodcast we're on twitter at svhpodcast and oh wait my stats and outfits hang on a second <laughs> <gasps> oh my god how dare I'm so, you <laughs> i've been brainwashed oh my god even on the phone to adam marvel haven't you (laughs) (laughs) he always said (laughs) please share the stats and outfits okay because we actually have some good ones uh so the wakefield blondness was mentioned six times which is quite a lot yeah Um, i noticed that it was an unusual amount it It was was quite striking we're back to the glory days of loads of mentions of blondness and blue-green eyes uh, because the blue-green eyes got five mentions, which is a good, healthy amount, Ooh. I feel like. But then Adam and his green oh. eyes, this Ooh. fucking guy, this is a, a measure of how charismatic he is because his <gasps> green eyes were mentioned 13 times. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Outrageous, like. 
That I don't think has ever happened before. But I think it's a record. Like maybe yeah. not for Wakefield eyes. Maybe it is a record I even know, beating out the Wakefield eyes. Like lot. that is it is so many, so many. Uh, okay, and then outfits. To be honest, the outfits are mostly Jessica being really fucking dowdy. Uh, so the first kind of outfit that shocks everybody that she's in is a severe brown skirt and a plain white cotton blouse. Her hair tied back with a brown velvet ribbon. I kind of like it. I can imagine that being a sort of like a 40s, you know, wartime sort of outfit. You know, there is a good way to wear it, but I very much doubt that's what Jessica's doing, to be fair. (laughs) Um, Enid Enid mentions that she spotted her wearing a tweed skirt and sweater the other day, which again could look good in a 40s type of way, but you just know that's not what was happening. Uh, she also wears a plain white blouse and a straight grey skirt, which is pretty much exactly what a nun wears, I feel like. Oh, that is true. Isn't it? Very trained nun. Um, she puts on brown slacks and a pale white blouse, or sorry, brown slacks and a pale blue blouse. Oh. Uh, golden hair held back with a dark blue barrette. <gasps> I know I was like... That is out of character, but you know what? Barrette Truthers hold steady because this was not like her at all. (laughs) We do not accept it. (laughs) And that is the point of it, that it's out of character. So yeah. Exactly. So we're still not having that fucking Barrette down the drain. That was not hers. Um, And then (laughs) Liz wears an aquamarine blouse. And like, you know, it's a silk blouse. It it goes without saying. (laughs) It could never be anything else. But uh, yeah, so in a weird way, the outfits were kind of kind of on the, the plainer side but they were remarkable mm. because it was Jessica in them <laughs> yes uh, and uh, I did enjoy the shock everybody felt towards her yeah. these outfits <laughs> I know for some of them I did wonder like did she have to borrow these things out of Liz's closet because none of them yeah. sounds like things she would own at all but there was never any mention of like Liz going oh that's my Victorian barmaid shirt how dare you, <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they do all have a lot of clothes. They're always able it's to true. get these uncharacteristic outfits out of their wardrobe when required. <laughs> so, uh, <True. laughs> um, so yeah, as, uh, so there, there were no party fox or glamorous gowns in this one. Not this time, no. Hmm. Well, uh, well, actually, I was going to say, I think the next book might have, hopefully, might have an array of outfits, but we'll. We'll leave uh, that for the moment because we're going to share some of uh, your thoughts, listeners. Um, yeah, you had uh, you. A lot of people were disappointed in in Lila in the last oh, book, understandably so because she was an absolute bitch. She was, um, and uh, we uh, we also Kate, heard from Katie Longstreth who said, "Much like quicksand, falling down a well was a constant worry for eighties kids that was not based in reality." <laughs> I'll tell you, that, and the Berm- that and the Bermuda Triangle, like oh. major, major worries. <laughs> and spontaneous combustion. All oh my God. Constant fear. But quicksand, seriously, I was genuinely thought it was more, way more prevalent than it actually is. <laughs> uh, Maria Teresa Biblioteca said, as an Italian-American named Maria, I feel confident that my kinswoman's Maria Santelli must be hiding an ethnic old world nada somewhere. Oh my god! Like one hundred percent. Yes, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Some amazing emoji action there. Italian flag, uh, spaghetti bolognese, and uh, grandma. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were stunned by the blazer on the front, which I did say was like um, Mick Jagger in the dancing in the street video. But actually, it was David Bowie who was wearing the oversized um, oh, jacket right. coat thing. But yeah. 
you all knew Still, what I meant. We, yeah, the, the vibe was was on point, I think, yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, nobody much said her um, or their favourite part of the episode so far was hearing the chat on your names in Irish. I'd love to know more, about, learn more about that if you have the opportunity to discuss it further. Um, well, I mean, basically, to explain how we have Irish versions of our names and non-Irish versions of our names, is most people, Irish people whose ancestors were from this island for a long time Mm. Uh, the family names would have originally been in Irish and because of centuries of (laughs) colonisation where the the Irish language was uh, suppressed um, uh, the uh, most names were anglicised so most of us would you know, so even names that you might think of, like Murphy, um, and I have a lot of Murphy relations. Like Murphy is not the original version, mm. and uh, same with same with your own Moynihan sounds like a very Irish name, but not Irish enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Moynihan apparently means monster man, so I'm down with Ooh. that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's why you people, when when you go to sometimes in school, when you're learning Irish or if you go to um, like a summer camp that a lot of Irish teenagers go to in the summer, you go somewhere in the Gwaeltith, which is the Irish speaking region off in the West, because uh, that's where Irish is still more widely spoken than it is anywhere else. You would, and I, I mean, it's fine whatever about translating your surnames, but the fact that they used to make us translate our first names is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> what were you, Katrina? I was Katrina, yeah. Well, I went to a Gaelic school, primary school, so if oh, your name so could, could be yeah. translated, then it was. They were going to call me Cot, uh, but my dad didn't like oh. the name Cot, so no offence to any Cots out there. Um, but yeah, so they, they went with uh, Katrina as a... Because Karen being like a Danish version of Catherine, that was the logic oh. there, I think. Um, but yeah, so like Yanni Davids were Dahi, uh, yeah. Brian's were Brian, you know, so that's uh. just that's just how it was. <laughs> I remember meeting somebody as an adult in like, you know, in a, when I was in a band who was in another band. And he was like, you were in Kalosh the Lurgan in 1992, weren't you? <laughs> and I know this guy for a while as Tim. And then I was like, Oh my God, you're Thaig! Because I just knew his Irish name. There you go. Yeah. My brain just didn't put this this you know nice tin bloke in a band with being Thaig, who I knew in 1992. Because it's Thaig uh, from Irish college. That's gas, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's why there is an Irish. Um, I mean, the the Irish version of our surnames is often like it is just what the original version was. But a lot of the time, the Irish versions of our first names, like you know, you're, it's not necessarily something you're called ever in your daily life, apart from if mm. you go to a Irish-speaking school or when you go to the Gwaeltoch as a teenager, when suddenly <laughs> all the people called Jennifer are called Sinead or Siobhan. Yeah. Or something that's no resemblance <laughs> to their actual name. James becomes Seamus. <laughs> yeah. At least, like, the Irish for Anna is Anya, so it wasn't that different. But, mm, that's uh, true, yeah. It wasn't too, it wasn't too, uh, too jarring a change. No, that's true. But, uh, yeah, we hope that's that's uh, explained things for you. I guess it's often the way when uh, names get anglicised in various, various colonised countries. So it's uh, <laughs> they all have in common. But yeah, I mean, most of my, I think it's been a very long time since any of my family spoke Irish because, um, at least as their first language, because we are all from the East Coast and that was the pale so that was for a very long time was, you know, totally like enforced English language. Uh-huh. Uh, but I guess we all had Irish speaking ancestors, not that, like a few centuries ago. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, so yeah, that is the the origins of our. It's not quite. It really isn't the same as us calling ourselves, you know, as Rosa's like actual identity crisis. Mm, yeah. Um, but uh, we did hear from from a few Mexican American uh, listeners who did find reading about Rose's shame. Like Carol V zero one four said, had to finally comment to say that as a Mexican American, reading about Rose's shame is the hardest thing to swallow in this book. The Mexican uh, stereotypes were exaggerated, especially about Nana. But I know better to than to expect realism from SVH by now. <laughs> I was also extremely disappointed in our flat face queen, whose face has never looked flatter to me. <laughs> Very fair. She just, she was not the one in this episode. It was an extremely bad look for Lila. So yeah, it was, ugh, it was, it was rough on many counts, but yeah, I guess, <laughs> in fact, Lila's racism was particularly horrific. Though mm. so, uh, Bobbins and Button said uh, the, the moment where uh, Rosa told the story, fake story of her trip to England with Fergie and co. She said, oh, this was magical. I'm sure Lila wouldn't really have been quite so gullible, but maybe she was too busy being a big fucking racist to notice this week. Good point. (laughs) Very good point, yes. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of people were uh, rightly uh, very disappointed in Lila, Mm. who has let let us all down. True, uh, um, But on a more cheerful note, Alva Gator got in touch to say on Twitter, Today I discovered that shrimp jello salad is an actual American dish. And of course I thought of you! God. I love that horrific food is now part of our brand. Yeah. Seafood. <laughs> horrific seafood. Happen? Oh, God. Disgusting. It has to be specific and disgusting. Um, oh, we also got an email from Sarah Stacey uh, about... <sighs> Uh, Mexican-Irish names. Yes, so she was reminded of a guy in her MA course in Uni of Kent. He was from Mexico and his name was Pedro O'Donoghue, which is amazing. So she asked him about it and it turned out that two or three centuries earlier an O'Donoghue emigrated to Mexico and there was a male descendant to keep the name going. Uh, But he said, you know, obviously by now he and his family are Mexican because they'd been there so long. But it always warmed her little Irish heart that two cultures were mashed together in this name. And like Pedro (laughs) O'Donoghue is a fucking great name. I love it. Love that, that so much. It really is. That is a uh, so and uh, there was well actually like Che Guevara's father had Lynch. Lynch, what was Che Guevara Lynch? Um so there were a lot of people in Latin America, like all over mm. um Latin America who do have Irish um have Irish surnames yeah. in there, you know, amid the Spanish. So uh, there's a few. <laughs> we, Pedro we got around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so listeners, please do uh, let us know what you thought of this week's episode. Uh, were, were you ever kidnapped by a cult? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But, yeah, you really know, hope not. Really hope not. <laughs> Let us know if you were. And uh, we will be back in two weeks uh, in the main feed with a very special Christmas episode. That's right. Tis the fucking season, you guys. It's time for an off the wall (laughs) new book that we're going to jump into. (laughs) Oh, and it is one that you have asked for before. (gasps) Finally, you're going to get it. Can you share what it is, Karen? It is. Sorry, I want to make sure I get the title right because it's <gasps> the oh yes. yeah, it's kind of a convoluted title for <laughs> it's the Wakefield Legacy: The Untold <gasps> Story. Yes, 
finally, the final saga. So it's the fourth one that we hadn't managed to get to until this year. It's finally happening. We will complete the sagas of Sweet Valley and I can't fucking wait. (laughs) Oh my God. And this time it's actually the Wakefields because you might remember that the the Wakefield saga were all Alice's ancestors and none of the word called Wakefields at all. But in this book, they actually are. It's Ned's side of the story and it's going to be fucking great. Oh, and I bet there'll be some crossovers with the, in fact, there'll have to be with the, uh, the, the last saga because yeah. obviously the ancestors kept bumping into each other every so <laughs> And just like missing each other and leaving town yeah. before the other realised and all that kind of carry on. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and if that is not enough, um, next week on both the main feed and the special Pi Beta Alpha Clubhouse, we will have a very special episode of Pi Beta Alpha with with some special guests. You are not going to want to miss this. Oh my God. It's We've recorded it. We recorded it a few days ago and we were so excited about it that, yeah, we're putting it on the main feed too because we just want everybody to hear it because we had such a good time doing it. Uh, we and we hope you really like it because uh, it was great crack. And Pi Beta Alpha members, this will be a video episode as well. <gasps> Oh my God. Yes. So all our PBAs will be able to watch uh, actual footage of this interview uh, or whatever it is happening. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I can use words. (laughs) We've had a lot of recording problems this evening, listeners. It's a wonder if any sense whatsoever at this time. Fucking frazzled. Good God. Well, uh, if you'd like more of our typically coherent, (laughs) wise, good at this, we swear. You can sign up and join uh, the Pi Beta Alpha gang in the clubhouse every fortnight. You will never go longer than a week without some Sweet Valley Madness in your ears. And you can do that by signing up at headstuffpodcast.com. We really appreciate all of you who have done it already. We love um, the feedback we get. The comments in Instagram are hilarious and make (laughs) us laugh out loud every single time. Um, So uh, yeah, you can sign up for as little as five euro a month and uh, you will get access to all our bonus content and all the, which is you know our by our fortnightly pi beta alpha series and you'll get all the bonus content from all the other head stuff um uh podcasts and uh, it's a really good value and we appreciate every one of you and you also get um first dibs on the merch that's true. Yeah, you get lovely discounts on our gorgeous merch where you can still grab your Dairy Burger tote bags, which are extremely sturdy and mm-hmm. look great. Uh, there's still a couple of PBA jackets left on there. Might make a nice Christmas present, just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're extremely cozy, very pink, very cute. And uh, yeah, and now is a good time actually to sign up for PBA and our bonus stuff because we literally just finished the first season of the first season of Sweet Valley High. So like on yeah. the TV show, we've got an entire series of extra stuff for you there there's like 22 episodes of Mm. content so it's all there waiting for you and we have had an amazing time doing it we have laughed a lot we've got some we've got some new heroes and (laughs) uh, some new villains (laughs) (laughs) there's all kinds of stuff going on (laughs) and uh yeah listen all i can say is that fans of uh fans of the show will have some we'll learn a lot Mm. in the next episode of PBA. So um, we hope to see some of you in the clubhouse. But we will see everybody right here in the main feed in Mm -hmm. two weeks' time 
when we find out what happens, when we go back in time <laughs> to explore the Wakefield legacy. Oh my God, it's going to be great. See you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Ready to elevate your fall fashion? Target's new limited-time-only fall designer collection with designers Kika Vargas, Laleen, and Sergio Hudson isn't just about great style for all. It's also all about great styling. With so many ways to style them and wear them, the collection's versatile designer pieces are meant to mix and match and become new staples in your wardrobe. Get a sneak peek of the new looks by exploring the fall designer collection now on Target.com before it drops October 9th.